Welcome back Boom. to Strange Situation. All right, make sure you Lifestyle guys subscribe, thumbs up, ring loaded. the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We are live. Michael, you're new here, but we do jazz hands. That's how we do it. You know, no macho-ness getting in the Ooh. way. Do the jazz hands. Come on, let's see those jazz hands. Michael, do it. Do it. Or you could do Kevin Dixie's shadow boxing or whatever he gets you know. into over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, a, we're all chocolate today, people. I hope you got. Oh, okay. I hope you got your. Uh, I don't know what what kind of panties do. Should we go for the when, when we're all chocolate? Chocolate, chocolate panties. Say chocolate. Oh, okay, the edibles. The edibles. Hope you got yeah, your. There you go. Hope you got your edibles on. <laughs> this is the Who Move My Freedom podcast. Uh, I'm coming to you guys live from Gainesville in Florida. Of course, uh, joining us is uh, Diximus Maximus, Kevin Dixie. Uh, where are you, Kevin? I forgot the place where you are. I could never. Good old St. Louis, Missouri, oh, oh, man. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I'm remember. Disrespecting I, city, I, I'm disrespecting city. Don't disrespect my city. St. Louis, Missouri. You know. <laughs> uh, Kevin's here from uh, St. Can, can I say St. Louis? Is that? Is, you can say St. Louis. That's cool. There you go, St. Louis. Of course, we've got Michael. He's here from MJ's Firearms. And where are you, Michael? I'm uh, I'm located in Riverston uh, Park, Illinois. Illinois. So there you go. So we're kind of, uh, you guys are close. You guys aren't that far from each other. Right? Yeah, four hours. In the vicinity, in the vicinity. All right, we've got you all here. The show's brought to you by Harry's Holsters. Shout out to Harry's Holsters, makers of fine Kydex holsters. What I carry myself, I can't show you because of YouTube restrictions, you know, but I use uh, Harry's Holsters. And the code is Hank Strange. It gets you 10% off from Harry's Holster, so there you go. Um, as I said, we've got Michael MJ's Firearms joining us. We've got Kevin Dixie. We don't have a plan of what we're going to talk about, regardless of Lola trying to make us have a plan. I think there's <laughs> lots of things to talk about here. Uh, where should we jump in here? Obviously, you guys know each other, uh, but I did meet you. I think I met you before, right, Michael? I met you before yeah. somewhere. Yeah. NRA or something like that? I was shot show some years back. Oh, okay, SHOT Show. All right, cool. So we, we bumped into each other again at SHOT Show at Kevin's uh, soiree in right. his penthouse <laughs> penthouse apartment in the sky, you know, like the Jeffersons or something like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at this past SHOT Show. So uh, we're, we're going to introduce you guys to Michael. Um, where should we start, Michael? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off with you because once we get Kevin Dixie rolling here, you know, it's like a freight train, St. Louis freight train. We won't be able to stop him. Tell us who you are, how you got into this whole gun world. You know, where, where, where are you coming from? Let the people know. Well, my name is Mike Walla, like you guys know. Uh, I'm from Illinois, well, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm, I got into the business in 2014. Uh, I started working for a gun company called Civilian Force Arms. Okay. Uh, out of Yorkville, Illinois. I was their armor there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I was the I was the armor size gunsmith, whatever you want to call it, and that's what I was doing. I was doing that for about four and a half years. Uh, went to shot show, you know, kicked around you guys. That's where I met you, probably in two thousand, I think two thousand fourteen. Okay. Uh, they they went out of business in early two thousand eighteen, and I uh, actually at that moment I, that's when I started my own business. I required my uh, obtained my FFL license uh, when I was uh, twenty four years old. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then. Some buzz came around. They were telling me they found out that I was actually the youngest. The ATF actually told me I was the youngest uh, uh, African American federal firearm license gun dealer in the country and the first 
under the age of 25 in the state of Illinois. Okay, okay. Did that make them do some extra? Did that make them do some extra background checks on you? You can tell me. I won't. I won't tell anyone. They have everybody's information. I mean, any. I mean, of course, you know, we got to submit fingerprints, photo ID, date of birth, so they have all that information. Oh, okay, okay. And, and the guy was pretty nice. He was actually he was a minority too. He was a Mexican guy who uh, oh, okay. ATF agent I had to interview with. He um, he just was like, man, I um. They actually told me, you know, that you know, you're the uh, first one on age 25, and you're youngest in the country right now. I was like, what? Like, now you got to roll with it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you got to put that on the business card or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, I kind of, I barely even, I barely even talk about that. KD make me, you know, he make me say it uh, more than I like to say it. Right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I met Kate. I'm looking like that. I met I met my buddy K, uh, Katie at uh, no at uh, Ingram uh, last year and okay. man we just hit it. yeah he um, invited me out to his um, training uh, his NOC um, training learning industry event okay that was in 2019 um, it, it was great um, had a um, okay I was we go this year definitely uh i mean it was wonderful um also after how kind of me and katie kind of grew a stronger connection uh because right after the uh the, the training i was headed back to chicago and i ended up getting into a self-defense shooting that i survived me and my son and i mm-hmm. um and i say i think i think katie almost every single day like you know for me him even invited me because i was actually one of my first like actual training training like outside really? of the state type of thing okay Yo, so you start you started so you started the you started the your own gun store right basically yeah okay yeah. but you but at that point you weren't doing a lot of training or anything like that you were just doing like gunsmithing stuff so i was very familiar with just firearms just in my hands but i was not actually trained with shooting shooting firearms Oh, okay. All right. Do, Kevin, do you want to jump right into this uh, incident that happened? I know I heard about it from you guys at um, at SHOT Show. So what was, what, first of all, what was the class that you gave? Is this is this the usual class that you travel around the country doing? or? So no, this was the, 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 the event that Mike came to was the NLC Train and Learn event, which I which is the industry event for everybody, small, big, writers, media, whatever. It's, it's not excluded to, to just one class of people, but uh, Mike came down, and part of that training uh, was training with uh, other trainers. So uh, Mike got to spend some time not only with myself, but he got to spend some time with Ken Scott for Vectors Group okay. and uh, Dustin Poole with Team Springfield Armory. Mm-hmm. And um, he all the training that was drilled in that day, and it's it's it was it's an important part of what we do. We are learning the business aspect about what we do and how to be better at our crafts. But there's also out of the side of the classroom, there's the training function, and. Um, that was fresh in his mind, and unfortunately, he hadn't even changed clothes yet from leaving a training event, and somebody decided to um, try to deprive him and his son of their, their life and their liberty, and he did what any responsible citizen should do in that situation, uh, resorted back to his uh, lowest level of training, and he won the fight. Okay. Uh, so I think the big thing from that is, uh, and, and Mike says it himself, and I'm, I'm humbled that he, he thanks me, but you know the real thanks goes to him, because he did... He is the, unfortunately, you know, we're not bragging about this, but unfortunately, he is the poster boy for what a good American looks like when they are forced, when our back is against the wall, mm-hmm. and you force them to defend themselves, which is something we never want to do. And when you toss in his five-year-old little prince, it just makes it all that worse, mm-hmm. right? So um, 
But yeah, the, the train to learn event is when he first came and got any type of official training and less than 24 hours later had to use that training and save not only his life, but his son's life. And he just got a newborn child. So all those things is why we tell people that uh, training is important. I'm just glad I can be a part of his, uh, his story in a way that keeps him alive to raise his family. Okay. All right. Very cool. I'm going to jump deeper into this. I just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone, smash those thumbs ups, all the folks that we have coming in here now. If you can, you know, share this. Like I, I've said before, we don't have use of our Facebook to share it and stuff like that. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, let me give some quick shout outs. I see Kevin the Tack Daddy is out there. Shout out to Tack Daddy. I think I saw him at your event as well. Uh, he's bigging you up out there. I see Harry's holster as well. Uh, let me see. Let's see if there's any other people. I know we had American Gun Chick in here earlier, so I'm not sure if she's in there. But shout out to everyone in the chat. I know there's lots more people uh, than that in the chat here. We're going to probably like just deep dive into this conversation. But like I said, as you guys are coming in, if you could smash those thumbs ups, I appreciate it. If you hate us, smash the thumbs downs. That's fine. It, it, it all works pretty much the same way to the algorithm. So it really, really doesn't bother me. Um, okay, so Michael, do you want to tell us how this whole thing unfolded? Or is this something you'd rather not like deep dive into here? Uh, I, I don't mind. The case is uh, closed at this moment. Um, okay. I'll just start from you. After, like uh, Kevin Dixon said, after the uh, event, not even 24 hours, I was still in training clothes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I was coming back from um, St. Louis, of course. I got to Chicago, um, dropped some of my uh, firearms off at my house in Richmond Park, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Uh, at that moment, I was hit, I was headed downtown Chicago where my girlfriend, she's a registered nurse uh, at a hospital down there, so she stays in the medical district. Mm-hmm. To her house uh, to see her. I had my son in the car. I had my buddy Devin, uh, who's also he's he does podcasts and things like that. He's in the firearm industry. He was with me in the car. Mm-hmm. Got to Chicago um, to my girlfriend's house. Parked the car. Got out. Um, had my firearm. I had my firearm finished carry. Uh, it was HK VP9. Um, I don't really like it. It was HK, but yeah, I had to see it. <laughs> okay. That, is, that for, uh, is that for Kevin Dixie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got yeah okay. All right. All right. Fine. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I had a um walking in the alley. I had a bunch of linen in my pocket. I walk up to a, 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 in Chicago, for people who don't know, it's very, everything's pretty close. Mm-hmm. The and everything, the alleys, everything are very, very close together. Mm-hmm. Um, walking in the alley, emptying some trash out of my pocket. I'm holding my son's hand. Also, I hear a gentleman yelling on the phone. Um, as I'm emptying the garbage out, you know, in the garbage can by the fence, he, he's, we kind of lock eyes and he sees me and he's, I guess he assumed that I was a gang member. Mm-hmm. Um, even with seeing my son right there, I guess he still assumed that I was, you know, still a gang member. Um, he starts yelling racial slurs to me, you know. One of gang signs, you know, it's just being just disrespectful, cursing my son out. He pulls out a firearm. When he pulls out his firearm, I, at that moment, I actually grabbed and shielded my son and put him kind of like behind the um, the house. It was very close. Mm-hmm. Put him behind the house, somewhat covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pull my firearm out. As I pull my firearm out, he starts walking closer towards me and fires off, fires up rounds. Wow. As he fires rounds, I actually return fire, shoot him, um, stop him. And uh, fortunately, you know, we, even though, you know, I 
what he did was terrible. You know, we as responsible gun owners, we don't actually really want to protect someone's mm-hmm. life. You know, that's not really what we really, really want to do. Unfortunately, he did lose his life mm-hmm. uh, to the head. Um, and then after, literally after he went down, I'm kind of like, you know, scanned my, you know, area, make sure there was no other threats and things like that. Um, walked up to him, um, seeing there bleeding. I uh, immediately called for an ambulance and called for the police to get there as soon as possible. I'm on the phone with them describing, you know, myself, what I'm wearing, my name, you know, let them know, you know, hey, I can't describe myself again. Uh, kind of in a state of shock because I've never been into like an actual shoot where it was mm-hmm. like, I never had to. It seemed like this all happened really, really, really fast. It does. It happened okay. really, really mm-hmm. fast. Uh, I was I went into what you call like a tunnel vision. Uh, it seemed like a long time, mm-hmm. to be honest, but you really did seem like it was forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was definitely something that changed my life forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, still can still can remember a lot of things. Like I don't, uh, I don't really remember seeing my sights and things like that. I don't even think I've seen them really. I've seen them in my sights for like a very short period of time. I heard like maybe one or two gunshots, and then my mind just was in complete tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I so did you have uh, like one of the things I know I've gotten with lately is uh, USCCA. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've really known about it for a while. I just never did it, and then as time goes on, I keep thinking, you know what? If things like if something really happens here, you know, um, this could get really expensive legally. Did you have something like that? Did you not have that? How? I mean, did you have to even um, did you have to even defend yourself like that in court legally, all that kind of stuff? Well, considering uh, everything that happened. Um I mean, it's, it's it's kind of when you're in that type of situation. Even police officers, you know, it's, it's bad as they try to bash them. You know, they don't have common sense. They can see that they, you know, they recovered a firearm. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, was, there was shells, you know, all around his body. Mm-hmm. They, pretty clear cut case. Um, okay. It was, you know, it, it wasn't really where I needed a lot. I did have. So you found you found the police officers that responded to that to be, um, I don't know how I should put it, Kevin. Uh, they took your side, or they were, you know, they. I think that, I think they did definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. The police officers. I, I, I mean, my family. I also have like thirteen uh, family members that actually work for CPD, Chicago Police Department. Okay. They, uh, my uncle was actually at the station mm-hmm. when the one they brought to. You know, it was they they can. They knew. They knew. Kind of had an idea mm-hmm. when they seen all. They, we started, you know, exchanging, mm-hmm. started having conversation with each other. They kind of. They definitely did not. Like. Like rough me up. You yeah. know what I'm. Were you were flying. Rich is asking if you were arrested. Were you arrested? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody gets arrested. I mean, um, I got arrested. I did get arrested. Was at the police station. Technically, they're actually really not supposed to arrest you. They're supposed to detain you. Mm-hmm. Um, not an actual arrest, but I did get arrested. Uh, later, I found that out. I actually talked about that later because um, when I well when I ran my uh, when I actually did a background check on me because I I can I have access to that FFL. Mm-hmm. Not when I seen that I had an arrest on my record. I kind of got a little angry at that because I was like, I shouldn't be arrested. You know, I don't feel like that's that's kind of actually 
that's bad. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want that on work, especially with having an FFL mm-hmm. license and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I actually had it expunged, and that was the only court date I actually went to. I never went to any official court date regarding that self-defense shooting because the gentleman actually lost his life. Uh, the only thing I would kind of have to really work on as far as is if they try to sue me. So, you know, okay. Case. So just to so. just to go back to this, and for anyone who's joining us now, you got into this incident where you had to defend yourself. The was the other guy like a white guy? Because you said that when you when you were there putting out the garbage with your son, if I'm if I'm recollecting this right, that this guy saw you and assumed you were a gang member. What's what's the uh, you know what's the background of the guy? Is it was it a white guy? No, he, he um, I believe he was he was mostly Puerto Rican. I believe he, I think his mom had mixed with a little white, but he was okay. more of a Puerto Rican. Okay, so when he threw, so when he was throwing up gang signs, I mean, when he thought you were a gang member and he was throwing up gang, gang signs, at first I'm thinking that this was someone like just joking around with you or something. But you're so, so he was he a gang member? Why was he throwing up gang signs? He was, uh, the the detective who handled my case actually did notify me and told me that mm-hmm. him and his family were very heavily involved in uh, Latin King. It's oh. a it's, it's a okay. gang in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Latin King. So they were if he had a he had a rap sheet super long. Yeah, that's pretty. Se- yeah, Latin Kings are pretty serious. So so yeah. he he must have already been on edge because all of this just unfolded really really fast in my mind. Um, so maybe he was thinking that someone was out to get him or something like that. This guy was already on edge. He okay. actually was. He was reporting lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at he was actually uh, reporting, you know, like some type of uh, social media. Wow. Uh, threatening okay. and when they covered his phone, they were actually just they seen all that, uh, all the, the videos and stuff like that. Detectives actually undercover police officers actually following some of his. His, oh, wow. his account. Oh, so this yeah. this incident went down live uh, over social media. Yeah, um, it, he was recording live. I don't. He, I don't think he got time to post it. I don't oh. think he actually had enough to post the video. Okay. But he actually was recording live, and they were able, they were able to see a lot of a lot of stuff that I told them. A lot of information I told them. They were actually it's collab- to uh, collaborating. Um, Kevin, what do you th- what do you think about all this? How did you find out that this happened uh, so soon after your class? Uh, Mike called me and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked behind the scenes uh, for a while and um, he knew enough about me. So for those that only see me on social media and don't talk to me, really don't understand what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it could be misconstrued as one way or another. Mm-hmm. But but Mike knows what I do. He knows more about my background. So he knew to call me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I did exactly. And I'll keep those pr- conversations private. But uh, I, I, I did my best and I wasn't the only person. He has a great team and a great uh, some great resources around him. I just played my part to make sure that a he was okay mm-hmm. you know that's that's the number one thing to make sure he's okay um to make sure that he wasn't used mm-hmm. for the wrong type of glorification of the incident mm-hmm. and um uh, and also with that uh, making sure you know first thing i asked after him is how's your son You're like what does he remember and things like that mm-hmm. um and then from there just kind of got him through what the interview process is going to look like you know be careful of different outlets, what they're going to try to yank out of you, the key buzzwords, how they're going to try to spin you, uh, helping them avoid that just from my personal experience. And um, I think it played out well. Uh, but outside of him and his immediate situation, which is what I was most concerned about, uh, and giving him the advice from uh, the life experiences I've had and, uh, you know, being a part of the system as I was, it was the importance of what we take for granted, which is the ability to have your arms and then the um, the skill set to deploy them if you need it. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. so after him and everything surrounding him, that's the thing that hit me immediately. You know, 2019 was a very interesting year for me. I had four people that had trained with me that had to use the firearms in one year. Mm-hmm. And um, two of those resulted in fatalities and two of them resorted in serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them resorted in convictions. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's. And that's a reflection, like, if anyone thinks that's uh, crazy, it's really, to me, this is a reflection of just how much training Kevin Dixie is actually doing. You know, you're, yeah. you're talking about, like, you know, the celebrity of, what, like, fo- folks like myself, right? I'm always making videos, shooting guns, doing a lot of the cool stuff, but you're out there actually helping people, training people, advising people. Um, of, you're, 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 doing, you're doing God's work out there, which I think you realize that. Um, well, no, I, I appreciate it, man. It's mm-hmm. humble. I, ju- I just try to do what I can. Everything is, unfortunately, I think I can speak for everybody when mm-hmm. I say this, no matter what you do in life, everything's not for social media, right? Uh, everything we do, I would say probably a very small fraction of what we actually do in our lives makes it online. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my, my goal to heart, once you move past everything else that I have to do and uh, what I'm forced into is to make sure that people are okay. And I think that we've we've gotten past the, the importance of what we're here for. So the video clip that's floating around to me online now where I say, um, or somebody's asking a question that apparently or accusing me of taking the wrong way. And when I sat on the stage and said, hey, you know what, next time somebody threatens you or talking about they're going to not threaten you, talking about they're going to kill you, mm-hmm. shoot them in the effing face. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, you know, wanted to mistake that and say, oh my God, you're aggressive. I'm, what are we doing this for? And yeah, wait, wait, like, so, okay, hold on one second. Let me just rewind a little bit here. Are you talking about when we did that uh, panel? Is that a clip from when we did the panel? Yeah, in, in, uh, the Maj panel. The, right. uh, the Maj's panel with uh, Shasho. Really? So that's become a thing? Yeah, that's become a thing. So, uh, I mean, I you were in aware. the room, right? Yeah, you were sitting on the panel. Yeah, panel. I was there. So, you know, <laughs> I wasn't aware that was yeah. a thing. Um, Actually, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's been moving around because it's okay. just, you know how sound bites go. You know how mm-hmm. you get a sound bite and right. a clip and yeah. you roll with it. But, you know, actually, a few seconds before I, before I said that, you were giving your input mm-hmm. to it. Um, and it was uh, during when the, the LGBT organiz- TQ organization, mm-hmm. Piper Smith, was, was expressing uh, some concerns. Right, and, yeah. You know, I know that she says that... Um, that wasn't the question, but anytime you were tying in the fact that somebody threatened you, they're going to be a shot show, and they threaten you so much that you had to hire executive protection that's sitting in the room with you that you spent thousands of dollars on for that week. I know how much EP work costs. I should charge for it. Mm-hmm. That ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. So if you are to that point, when I sit on stage and say, I'm tired of the questions, because if it's gotten that bad, we are past all the PR stuff. We are past, as 2A community, we are to be polite. We are past all that. At this point... It's why I named the company No Other Choice. You've literally given me no other choice and put my back against the wall Mm -hmm. where either I get to go home or people get to come to my funeral. And guess Mm -hmm. what? I want everybody to make it home. Mm -hmm. So even that that clip of shoot them in the face is like, oh, my God, you guys are so aggressive. I am a trainer at the end of the day. Believe it or not, my job is to make sure you make it home. And then I use my experience to make you make sure you don't go to prison. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I care about. And that's what I'm going to do. So I'm just thankful. And Mike, and I didn't talk about it until he talked about it because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to confuse it with, oh, my God, now you're going to try to use that incident as a way to, like, gain popularity. Now, I got dozens of students that are alive today because of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mike that's is- that's the reason why we do it, and that's the reason why the Second Amendment. I mean, let's, yeah. you know, let's, let, let's boil it down to what it is. Ultimately, when it's your life versus another person's life, there's no one there. There's no other authority there to adjudicate it except you and God. 
yeah. if if yep. that's what you believe in. I mean, you know, that's different for everyone. But it's it's up to you to save yourself. You know, I remember that like growing up in New York City. Um, I grew up in New York in the '80s, which was was pretty rough. And my dad always used to tell me like every day he was like, "Just come home." You know, I don't want you to I don't want you to come back here in a box. You know, and and I mean, it was really that kind of a situation, and. It seems like what happened to, to, to Mike here was exactly that, not even something that he even expected, you know, something that normally like if you did you say you went home and then you were taking out the garbage or, you know. How, yeah, because mm -hmm. I don't live in Chicago. Oh, OK, um, my girlfriend, she lived inside Chicago because okay. she had she, you were taking out the girlfriend's garbage. No, no, I was actually taking out my garbage. Oh, okay. I, was, I was just coming in from town. Oh, okay. oh from from visiting her. OK. I was just saying, because that would be a good reason for me to never take out the garbage ever again. Right. No, no, yeah. she doesn't live here anymore. Okay. We have not her out of there. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I was actually there, because I, uh, my girlfriend's kind of green. She doesn't mm -hmm. know that the area is actually bad. Okay. She's just like, let's stay there, you know. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't want her staying there by herself, so I would stay there the day she worked. And on the day mm -hmm. she didn't work, she'd come back home. Okay. Let me ask, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, let me ask the question that Kevin asked. Um, and then I'll get into some other stuff because I think there's people asking some questions here. I don't want to linger on this if it makes you uncomfortable. It's not like, you know, I, I get how all of this works. Um, you know, I think that the question that Kevin asked this, he said he asked you first about your son. That's really poignant. How is your son uh, dealing with, I mean, I, I don't know how he was dealing with it then, but let's, you know, how was he dealing with it then? How's he dealing with that now? Well, immediately after my uh, after the shooting, uh, maybe roughly, I probably waited about five or six days. Mm -hmm. uh, I seek uh, seek counseling for my son and I. Uh, I went to a, I'm a I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm a part of a, a church uh, called Family Christian Center out in uh, Monster, Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, we went there and spoke to um, the pastor and uh, spoke to another individual that was there to help us. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did get counseling for him i still think my son he was five years old when the incident happened uh, i still think he was a little bit too young to really grasp uh he know he does know and is he is aware of you know i do teach my son about firearms and things like that mm -hmm. i bought him his own gun take my shoes good stuff like that so he's aware that i actually did use a gun mm -hmm. but i kind of shielded him he didn't see the guy's body or anything like that i kind of covered him up mm -hmm. i don't think he grasped everything that happened yeah but answer the question, I did something for him. Yeah, the weird thing about being a kid, and um, I mean, even though I'm an old dude, I can remember it. There's a lot of things that happen to you that you don't really 100% remember when you're conscious, but they still act on you, and, and sometimes even more powerfully than you realize, even though when you're conscious, you don't realize that that thing is acting on you. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There's lots of things that happen to kids that they don't even realize this thing happened. But they're dealing with that and they're reacting to that all the time, right? So, um, you know, I think it's something to to always watch, man. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. do watch my very close. I'm mm -hmm. very close to him with almost everything together. Literally, <laughs> that's my best friend right there, man. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter, she, now she's born. That's my favorite girl and my son's my favorite boy. You know, oh, every, awesome. everything together. Yeah. Uh, but I am, very, I am very aware and I'm, I'm watching very closely. Um, he... He, he he doesn't really seem to be you know changing too much. Uh, I watched his you know him in school and things like that, his grades and stuff like that, and just his behavior. He seems to be okay. Okay. Uh, definitely knows what happened. Mm -hmm. He seems to be okay. 
Okay. Good. Um, there's a couple of things here. Kevin, uh, feel free to jump in, man, if you've got anything. Jason St. Pierre is asking Michael. He says, so yep. did you feel um, you had trained to a point that you used some muscle memory when that tunnel vision started? More directly, mm -hmm. were you content with your readiness? It's an interesting, interesting oh. question. Because you basically, this was one training class, right? Yes, this was, well, okay. so it wasn't one, it was, it was three days of training. Oh, three days, uh, okay. I mean, it was so much information. For the first time, though, for the first time that year, yeah. This was the yeah, first like, time you ever did any kind of training like this. To this, to this type of, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, this is like the first official training, training as far as in like, okay. actually dealing with the firearm. I've done many, like, local but not nowhere near compared to this. I, I've been to a bunch of classes now. I'm not. I, yeah. I can name the, uh, the training schools, but I don't think that there's one that actually compares. Okay. To, and you'd obviously used a gun before, so you'd gone to the range, shot all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Of course, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty familiar with the firearm. I'm very like as far as my like skills with the firearm. It's just just with building and you know putting guns together and actually always having to shoot old guns, test mm -hmm. fire them. My hands and my uh, reaction to it with the firearm is pretty pretty good I would say mm -hmm. so I think mostly with that event uh, from coming from that event I think my skills were uh, sharpened and I think that my uh, my reaction time was so much more fast mm -hmm. because I literally just came from you know a training you know from shooting probably mm -hmm. two or three thousand mm -hmm. rounds KD was giving me rounds I probably shot a thousand rounds in his ammunition he just mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like here you know so I mean I think my reaction uh, was a whole lot faster just based off me coming from that event 16 hours prior. So. Okay. All right. Kevin, was there something you wanted to uh, to add here? No, man. I think he, he's doing well. I, I I would just, you know, I, I well, I think I think his, since he's telling a story, he's not using a story, mm -hmm. there is a, a, a portion, and let's not even talk about the people that aren't quite ready to explore firearms yet. There's a, a pretty decent size of people that are already gun owners and believe in the Second Amendment and do all the great jazz. Mm -hmm. But there is this system of people that just do not believe in training. Mm -hmm. And you are going to unfortunately find yourself in a situation one day where even situational awareness that's a part of training could benefit you, even if it doesn't uh, mean that the gun needs to be drawn. And a lot of individuals are taking training lightly. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I want to point out, and this is, and I, I look, I know a lot of great trainers around the country, and I respect a lot of them. I've learned myself from a ton of them. Uh, but here's something I will tell you. You can't learn this stuff from Instagram. You're not going to learn it mm -hmm. from YouTube. Mm -hmm. You need to get your butt in some classes. And please, guys and girls, stop thinking that it's good enough just to train with your cousin in them. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you need to branch off, spend the gas money, hop on a plane sometimes, plan things out. Money is a real thing. You have to plan stuff mm -hmm. out. But take your training serious. If you, I mean, if you don't do so, you're just a liability what do to you, yourself your loved ones. I'm going to ask this to both of you guys. I'll start with you, Kevin. But, you know, this is directly to, to what you're saying here. I, I know I'm probably cutting you off. What do you think the training to purchasing firearms ratio should be for people. I know I'm probably really bad. We're probably all really bad with that ratio. But what do you think is the ratio? Do you think you should buy like two guns and then pay for some training? Do you have something? And then, Mike, I'll, I'll let you answer that after, Kevin. I'll give you a chance to think about it. What do you say, Kev? 
I mean, I hate telling people what they should do, but I would say as far as like how often and but I would say this. If you own a gun, one handgun, especially uh, because it's what you can carry around with you most of the time. If you own a handgun and outside of a basic like entry level, like maybe concealed weapons course in your local area, you have not been to any training. You should be going to a training class before you buy your second gun, period. Mm, okay. Um, and then if you if you get a pistol and a rifle. Before you buy a second rifle, mm-hmm. you should be in a training class with that rifle. Mm-hmm. You know, so handgun, before you buy another firearm, training. You buy a rifle, you should go train before you buy a second rifle, and I'll say the same thing about a shotgun. Okay. Buy a gun, take training. Good answer. I know I violated that, but uh, good answer, though. <laughs> <We all. laughs> what do you think about that, Michael? Oh, uh, I mean, well, that's what I do. I, um, I sell guns, and when I sell a gun to an uh, individual, male, female, doesn't matter. Um, age, race, I feel like everyone, even before mm-hmm. buying mm-hmm. a firearm, I'm, KD had probably 40 guns of his in his personal, I don't know how he stuck all his guns in his truck, but he probably <laughs> had about 40 guns of his own that he, here, shoot it. Mm-hmm. Please, shoot this gun. Here goes some ammo. Mm-hmm. You actually don't mm-hmm. even need to own a firearm to go take training. They actually, a lot of training schools actually rent firearms. Yeah, it should probably, it's probably something you should think about doing first before you buy it, like actually go shoot some different things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would pretty much agree with uh, what uh, Katie said. Mm-hmm. Uh, each firearm you get, not really each, but like if you get one, your, like one, like your handgun, you should go get trained immediately. Yeah, go buy yourself a few thousand rounds. Go take a training course, even if it's local, whatever you can afford. Mm-hmm. Go training class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely. I think that's a I think it's a I think it's a good rule of thumb and I know that um lots of people violate it me included and violate it constantly but I think that is a good rule of thumb to at least make guilt work on you like people think there's no power behind guilt I think there's power behind guilt if you if you're if you find yourself violating that over and over again some kind of guilt should pull you down and go you know what might want to do some training. I might want to go and have, like Kevin is saying, it has to be an external source, not just you and your buddies thinking, oh, what you're doing is cool. Oh, you really good. <laughs> you right. And I mean, and if, even when you have uh, friends that might be great trainers, mm-hmm. they're still going to treat you different if you're just at the range hanging out versus if you were actually in one of their training classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, I'm, 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 I'm good buddies with, with Ken Scott. Let's take him for an example. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm standing somewhere with Ken and we're on a range, well, yeah, that's that's a buddy of mine. It's, we're kind of throwing bouncing ideas off of each other, and we're probably both getting better in that situation. Mm-hmm. But if I really want to take, like, oh, you know what? No, I need you to really look at me. I'm not just going to stand there with him and, and kick it at the range. Like I've done before. Mm-hmm. I got in one of his classes. Mm-hmm. Right. And I tell everybody to do that. So often we get this rebuttal. A, people that get this title of trainer all of a sudden think they can stop training. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. so you get all these local NRA instructors and are like, oh, I'm an, I'm an instructor. And I'm like, no, you're a liability. One. Two, um, if you are, if even if you do have a local great source, and let's say you've taken four classes with this great local source. Eventually, you're going to get to a point to where there's really only so much more that can teach you. And there's a whole different plateau you can get out to if you just branch four hours outside of your home, mm-hmm. right? And just try different people. Look for different instructors coming to your town. Um, a lot, another thing that people can do, I always get the emails, man, uh, let me know when you're in Wachitaka, Kansas. 
I'm like, dude, the chances of me just popping up and watching Talk of Kansas <laughs> are pretty low. Uh-huh. But if you email me and say, hey, I got five buddies right now that are ready to drop the money. We got a range. Will you come? You can do that with instructors. We just want to make sure there's a clientele there. Mm-hmm. You just can't say, hey, I'm just going to sit back and wait on you to pop in my city. No, man, reach out and be aggressive about it. Um, and just just get at it because I'm telling you, it, I do not want to constantly see my people being the ones that are victims. And when I say my people, I mean good law-abiding citizens that have the means to protect themselves but refuse to learn how to use the tools. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Did you want to add something to that? No. I, was saying, I, I, I agree, uh, KD, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you do have to be aggressive. Uh, I, even myself, um, a week before his event, um, a lot of people don't take it serious, man. A week before his event, I actually was, man, don't, uh, uh, can, I, can I make this happen? I got to go. I got other stuff I got to do. Mm-hmm. Make it a problem. This needs to be the. If, if this isn't, if this isn't serious, then that's a problem. You don't need to own a gun. You're a liability, like uh, Katie said. You, you have to have training behind that firearm. I mean, you don't. If you don't train, I mean, it's it's having a gun is it's almost useless. Um, it can. It's it's it's, it's dangerous. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I recommend uh, anyone out there. If you guys are listening, you guys tune into. Um, this podcast, take it serious. If you hear my story, 16 hours after leaving an event, you know, I had to use a firearm, you know, to save my, my, my myself, my son, my buddy, uh, Devin in the car. Cause I don't know what that uh, man would have got, uh, came out and dating and my girlfriend inside the house. and my, my baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it serious. Take it serious guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, something else too, Go ahead. I would like to add uh, Mike, Mike's situation, obviously, uh, challenged him mentally more than physically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, after he had went through that unfortunate ordeal, he handled it as best as anybody in the world could possibly handle it. He, that's why I call him the poster boy. He, There's nothing he did wrong. He did everything right from the moment it started to even up until now. Um, but Mike did become, I like to say, he got addicted to training. He became a training junkie, mm-hmm. right? And he started ripping and running everywhere, mm-hmm. everybody's school, which I love. Mm-hmm. And he came back to me, I think, twice, two or three times since then. And even though he had, he says four. Give him, give him his credit. Okay, four. I'm sorry, my bad. And uh, even though he had been through that traumatic incident, Mm -hmm. had been to other training schools, so he's got that real life experience, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got that. Nobody can deny it. He's been to other trainers. He's he's on the right path, though. He comes back, and could people like, well, I've trained and I'm good now. Well, no, he comes back, and I don't think he'll mind me saying this. He comes back to my level two course, which I call Evolve Two. Um, He did that. And then um, I believe we teased a little bit of my level three course. And Mike's a young kid. He's been through the the, the gusto already. He's in great physical shape. He's smart as a tech. And he's got life experience. Like, he is like, let's go, right? Okay. I broke him down again, right? And so now it's like, (laughs) crap, what I thought I knew. Now, what and why is that important? Because if if he would have got comfortable, right, what if the next threat, which I hope never happens to again, mm-hmm. what if next time it's two people, right? So what levels have you allowed yourself to be pushed to past your comfort zone? And so instead of him saying, okay, been there, done that, he said, nah, nope, I want more, I want more. And when he came back, the reason I say that is when he came back and we elevated his training, I took what he thought he knew and broke him back down again mm-hmm. to rebuild him to be stronger. So now he's even a better performer with the firearm. All these reasons is why training is important. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Let me just get this question in here real quick. I'm going to remind everyone we have like over 100 people watching us right now. Uh, you know, smash those thumbs ups. I'd like to see us get to 100 thumbs ups while we're doing this. Uh, some good stuff going on here. I carry my revolver in single action says, uh, do you have any nightmares from the incident? Uh, I think about it every day. Um, I, I'm going to sugarcoat it and make me lies. Uh, I think about it every day. Um, it's certain things my mind kind of took uh, in that muscle memory, not muscle memory, uh, that tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. My mind took like screenshots, pictures. Mm -hmm. You don't remember exactly. I can't. I can't remember everything. Mm -hmm. But my mind took pictures. That's what it does. Okay. Uh, I'm not somebody. My mind actually did. And I still see the pictures all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but when I when I feel myself kind of getting down about it, or if I if I have a dream about it, or whatever the case is. Uh, it's, I spend a lot of time in my son's room with him, just hugging him, and, and it, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take my daughter and I'll pick her up, and I'm in my son's room. We're just in the bed. We'll go to sleep together. Okay. Wake up. I don't even think about it anymore mm -hmm. until maybe some other time, yeah. which I will. But you know, it definitely heals me. You know, my son. Uh, I, it's 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 sad. It's it's sad to say it. I don't mean to you know make it seem this way. But I'm definitely grateful my son was there uh, in, a, in a way because uh, it gives me a reason to keep looking forward. It gives me a reason to keep looking forward, and he actually kind of heals me when I actually am going through it. I'm like, hey, man, I did this for you. Mm -hmm. I jumped in, you know, and for my daughter and for my other family. Mm -hmm. I mean, for so. Yeah, it's the magic of having people who love you unconditionally. And you love them unconditionally. So, um, let me get this from Harry's Holsters. He says, uh, after your experience, what ratio would you put on the importance of mindset training versus just gun handling? And uh, Kevin, you could jump in there too, but we'll let Mike take this one first. Uh, I would say having a proper mindset. I usually, like, literally right after uh, shooting on uh, social media and things like that, in case mm -hmm. the, uh probably tell you the same thing. Uh, that's like one of the main things I, I, I spoke about. And that's one of the main things Kevin Dixie actually and Ken, all my instructors I was there, put in my mind. Mm -hmm. Your mind. Your mind. You have to have the proper mindset behind that firearm. That is the most important thing. I think that's way more important to answer their question. I think having a proper mindset behind a firearm is more than, definitely more than 50 to 70. So I, I can't even give you a really It's a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it's a that is the most important I, I believe mm -hmm. I have with you know, handling a firearm and being in a situation like that is having a proper mindset behind because even defending yourself and being a good shot you may accidentally shoot uh oh my shoot someone else or you know it's it's so much more mm -hmm. situation you actually in a, you're, when you're in a firefight or you know gunfight or self-defense shoot whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. Just the gun and having a good gun, and, you know, red dot and all that extra stuff. Having a mindset is key. Okay, good, good, good answer. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, mind, mindset is uh, is very, very important. Um, you know, if you're if you are, once again, I go back to the keyword liability, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have the most Gucciest gun on your hill. You could be carrying the truth, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you if you have, are doubting yourself and you don't understand how to address situations or avoid them or if you and if and when we get down to it though, if you don't have the mindset to fight, 
Because if I got the mindset to fight, I'll fight you with my hands, a brick, a bat, mm-hmm. you know, a car door, whatever I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. If I happen to have a gun and the situation calls for it, awesome. Mm-hmm. So without the proper mindset, the gun only makes you a liability, right? Because you can lose control of that gun. You can shoot the wrong person. You can pull it out when you don't need to. Mindset is most important. I would say it's 99 to 1. 99 to 1. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, JP of Blue Rifle Society, uh, he says, uh, and if you, I don't know if you know JP, but he's a police officer. He's in law enforcement in Connecticut. Uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably out there on the streets right now, JP, but he was on the show a few days ago. Uh, he says, there's a lot of people that buy guns and have no idea how to use them safely or for a real situation. So there's different categories of people, right? Just like anything else. I mean, some folks are just collecting. It's, you know, Obviously, we're in different categories. So I think this is where the idea of mindset comes in here. You guys could correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, there are people that have lots of uh, material things, and at the end of the day, that's what a gun is. There's people that have a lot of shoes, a lot of watches, cars, and guns, and and their purpose is is to have those things. And I don't think any one of us are saying there's something wrong with that. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But you know what? I'll I'll give it to you this way, uh, guys. So the other day I had, um, actually we had um, Richard from BWE Firearms on here, and he deals... He's like really a gunsmith. He deals with a lot of Uzis, machine guns, things like that, right? Old school mm-hmm. stuff. And, and, and I asked him the question, like, do you, do you even, do you carry? Like, what do you carry when you're out there? And he was telling me he doesn't, he doesn't really carry. And then a lot of people were kind of upset with him. Like, is this, a, is this guy a gun guy? What's he talking about? And the reality is he is a gun guy. You know, and, and whether he carries or not, that doesn't take away from him being a gun guy. So this is the thing I'm trying to say to you. At the same time, you could be a guy, you have a gun, you carry all the time, and you don't train, but you have a completely different mindset from that person out there who thinks, hey, it's very important for me to actually be prepared for, for this fight that might come to me one day, like Kevin is saying. It's a survival thing. It, it, it starts and ends right here in your mind of whether or not you're going to survive, right? And a lot of things are going to happen to you so fast, like in this situation that we're talking about with Michael, that you really don't have a lot of time to think about your reaction. You just react. So I think everyone's in different categories. It depends on what category you're in, where, where you see yourself. Maybe you stop and re-examine and you go, you know what, I've got this huge collection. I do carry a gun. I do care about defending myself. But it's more than like, do I appendix carry or do I do this? You know, there's, a, there's, so, there's so many things to this and everyone's at different places. And just one last thing before I let you guys jump in here. Uh, I, I, moved, I moved studios, right? And the, uh, one of the, the young guys that came over here to uh, c- uh, connect my internet, he knows what I do. He, he carries. We were talking about it. And he was telling me how the appendix carries and everything. And I was like, do you have one in the chamber? And he said, no, I don't do that. And I, I, I kind of had this conversation we're having with him. I was like, listen, how much training do you like, actually do? Because if you don't have the confidence to do that, it's an indicator that you need to maybe go do some training and stuff like that. Because I didn't try to come down on him because he didn't carry, right? Because that's like the typical gun guy thing. Oh, you know, that's some, that's some punk bullshit. You know, you don't, if the person doesn't have that mindset, you know, that confidence that he can have one in the chamber, we should address why that person doesn't have that or they need to look in the mirror and address that. What do you guys think about that? 
Yeah, do you want to take this one first, or you want me to grab it? <laughs> well, you're, you're, are you are you talking in particular about just the like not carrying in the chamber, or just the overall thing? Well, the guy not carrying a gun every day. Yeah, carrying one. In I mean, the and, and the reason, yes, I know I'm kind of going around the world with that. What I'm trying to say here is, we we as gun guys, we fall into so many different categories. And I'm not trying to yeah, say I'm, there's something wrong with it. We just fall into different categories and we're at different stages of progression. And sometimes when we're talking to each other, we need to try to help each other because maybe this person has not evaluated where they're at. Okay, got you. So I would I would say this. One thing I'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. is making enemies out of friends. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not going to badger someone because they don't do a thing the way that I do it. I'm going to advise them. I do it the way that I do it because I believe it's the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not going to badger them. So I don't think that that's anything we should have. We shouldn't approach people like that. So even with people that don't train regularly, I have buddies that don't train and I'm a trainer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they you know, they they don't come out and train because it's just not their thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't beat them up every single time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I remind them every time they tell me. Oh, man, I thought I was going to have to this day. I was like, well, hope you can perform mm-hmm. because nobody knows. Right. Mm-hmm. Just kind of hit them a little bit. But mm-hmm. for the guys that don't carry one in the chamber or the guy that doesn't carry the gun every day, I'm not going to yell at them or belittle them or make them try to feel less than I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't even do that with people that don't own guns. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is just show them like, hey, like not carrying one in the chamber. Let me show you an example of why that's the bad thing. So there's a shooting in Burbank, California that happened a few years ago where uh, a convenience store owner and his son were both in the store. The guys came in to rob the place. The guy was carrying a a Glock firearm. I believe it was a 10 millimeter. Mm -hmm. He was carrying a Glock firearm. And the bad guy, two bad guys, but one of the bad guys came behind the counter. The dad and the son are at opposite ends. The guy turns his back to the dad, completely turns his back, and the other guy can't even see the dad because he's sitting back down against the counter. And the guy's threatening the son, give me your wallet, give me something, give me something, got the guns pointed at him. The dad reaches back, grabs his handgun, aims it at the dude, got it right in his back, like God mm-hmm. doesn't see it coming, squeezes the trigger and gets a click. Mm. The guy hears the click, turns around and shoots him. He didn't have a round chamber. Shit, yeah. Because we believe that all these fine motor skills are going to come to us. Mm-hmm. And your, your firearms needs to be set up in a way. And it, this goes back to your mindset. When I'm driving my car, my mirrors are adjusted properly. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't even like knives. But if I carry a knife, I'm carrying it on the right side of my body for what I feel like I might need to do if I need that, that utility, uh, even if it's just for cutting open a box. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I carry it with the mindset of if this thing needs to be deployed, how can it be deployed efficiently? without uh, with reducing the amount of error that can occur. So it goes back to the mindset. So if I have a firearm, then my thing is to make sure that that gun is in the ready condition the moment it comes out. Because one thing we can have is telling people, hey, I'm not gonna badger you about training and I want you to carry your firearm in an inefficient manner. Mm-hmm. Like you were really just setting somebody up. Now, if you decide that you're gonna go spend a thousand hours a year just on carrying without one in the chamber, Okay, I might not have an argument for you because you are building those skills up. You're probably going to be fast and really efficient. Yeah, doing um, that, that Israeli is, is what is it called? The Israeli reload. There, yeah, yeah. But are you going to do that? Probably mm-hmm. not. Um, so carrying a gun—that's why I don't believe in external safeties. Mm-hmm. Just not my thing for a defensive fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not my thing. People don't realize that once you get into—and I get it—the majority of people that are in the Second Amendment community, and this is a good thing, not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. the majority never have to pull their guns in Mm self-defense. And that is a great thing, right? The problem is, 
if you have to, if you're one of the ones that's called up, you're going to think, okay, I'm going to grab, I'm going to be able to, A, mentally address the situation, Mm -hmm. scan the area, know my threat, and know that it's time for the gun to come out. I'm going to be able to do that in a quarter of a second. I'm going to be able to clear my garment, grab my firearm, present that shot with a clean, smooth press. Oh, rack around. Oh, drop a safety. Now I have, I don't know, maybe I'm a second and a half into it. And then I'm going to depress and depress that trigger smoothly to the rear without jump, jumping my front sight. So now I'm two seconds in. You've been shot 30 times. Mm-hmm. That is just the world we live in. You have a lot to do. Remember, as the good guys, there's a high chance that you are responding to a situation, mm-hmm. which means you're already coming in at a disadvantage. Situational awareness, being prepared can save you from that. But a lot of times you get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. So you're already at a disadvantage. It's a good chance of that. So now you have to worry about all these other fine things that you need to do when you get your firearm out. Mm-hmm. It's putting you in a situation where it's, it's, it's not feasible or it's not going to be conducive for you to win. It's no different than carrying around a crappy holster. That's why we tell people, like, I don't try to get you to buy holsters because I'm repped by one brand or the other. I want you to buy a good Kydex or Voltron holster because, or even some good quality leather stuff. Don't get me wrong. Because I want you to be able to grab and present that gun, knowing that that holster is going to stay clipped to your damn belt. It's not going to come off with you. There are shootings where you can see guys grabbing and a whole holster comes with them. Why? Because your holster is not seated properly. You bought a cheap holster. You're not you're not wearing the right belt. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But all these things deal with your mindset before you even walk out the house in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we I, 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 I disagree with them, but I wouldn't beat them up. I would just show them the evidence to say, hey, man, if you got into a situation this is going to better benefit you, and I just want to see you survive. Right. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's a good way to look at it. Ultimately, like uh, what was it you said about we're here to we're here to help people, okay. right? You know, we're we're not here to berate people. It's kind of the conversation about going into a gun store. You know, Michael, you you've got a gun store, right? You know, it's a nightmare sometimes for people getting into this to go into stores and it's all the way that it's the kind of attitude and everything that comes versus like, are you actually trying to help people? Yeah. I mean, and well, I'm, I'm a, a home-based FFL, so I'm just oh, okay. online. So it's oh. not like actual. Oh, okay. Okay. But to answer the question as far as having a, a round in the chamber, mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. I mean, it all goes to how you track. I know, I know a, a buddy of mine who can pull a gun out and chamber around faster than probably I could pull a gun out and get a shot off. Mm-hmm. It's all about mindset and how you train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do encourage people to carry mm-hmm. one loaded, mm-hmm. carry around the chamber because I did that day. Mm-hmm. My round, I had a round loaded in the chamber. I did not have enough time. I felt like to actually pull my slide back and get one in the chamber and then get a shot off because he already fired on me and had a gun out. So. This, just to, just to answer the question, I do recommend, and I will tell anyone who uh, is even new to uh, carrying a firearm, uh, after you seek training, I do feel like you should, and you have the like the basic fundamental skills of firearm safety. I do feel like you can actually carry one in the chamber. And you should, yeah, because none is there to you know to be ready at the, at, at any given moment. Yeah, so. if you have that lack of confidence, look, I'll be honest with you guys. When I started doing this seriously. Uh, like I think at this point seven years ago in the beginning I didn't do that and then I asked myself like why why am I not doing this what is the reason here right and then and if we exa- I'm, I'm talking about me I'm not trying to talk about anyone else me no, when I examined me why I wasn't doing it it was based on my fear what was my fear that I was going to somehow hurt myself right 
So I had to examine, like, why do I feel like this? And I, now I have to deal with this until I get to a point where I, where I don't have that fear anymore. Right? That's the right. thing that we have to do. We need to, what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to do here with this conversation is not push people towards buying guns, not buying guns, training, not training. I'm just trying to help you have a conversation with yourself and be honest with yourself. When you're talking to that man in the mirror, that you know, you can lie to everyone else, but don't lie to yourself. Be honest to yourself because if you if you know if like it came like it came down to with Michael it came down to him his family you know if that's really really what's important with you just be honest with yourself and examine why you're doing things you don't have to go out there I saw someone say that there's some trainers that make this look like magical or make it really complicated and all that kind of stuff I'm not trying to push you in any of those directions do what you're comfortable with take one step at a time if uh, a lot of times I think when people are doing all of that, if you see there's trainers out there really making it look like this is something about special operators and tactics and things like that, you, you know, there's, there's some issues there. But I mean, we I mean, you, you and, and another thing, another thing, too, is what people have to be honest about is once you really and, and look, once you really get out there and you really start considering the variables, uh, what happens and I'm not going to stick to this argument because I get it's just a debate. It's not an argument. Mm. It's just a, a debate and an exchange mm. of information. But when you get to one hand to carry, I mean, to, to not having one in the chamber, what if you're down to one hand? Mm. Now, granted, yeah, there are one-handed manipulations to load around, but you mm. really ain't going to have time for all that BS if you're responding immediately to a fight, right? That's when you can get cover, kind of rack it off your belt, the heel of your shoe or something like that. But if it's like Mike's situation, mm. you don't have time to do all that, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of stuff to think about. But I would I will tell anybody this. However you carry your gun, that's what I want you to train at. Mm -hmm. And then doing training, if you notice deficiencies, you may or may not need to change things up and just do that accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I always tell people. Everybody doesn't. I don't carry appendix. Uh, a lot of my students do. So I have to go out and learn appendix carry before I can teach to what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's all about how you want to do it, what you want to do. And but just make sure, like Hank said, you're honest with yourself. You're looking yourself in the mirror. You know if you haven't been to the range, you know if you haven't been to a carry class, and you know if you haven't trained with that gun. Mm -hmm. You can get online and lie to your friends. You can go to the barbershop and be dishonest, but guess what? You get into that smoke, the <laughs> truth going to come. It's going to get real. You know, it's going to get really, really real. Um, uh, okay, listen, let me do this because I think I've, uh, I've not... I'm slacking here. The range gave us 20 bucks. He says, glad Michael made it through the toughest battle possible. Yes, thank you very much, the range. He says, hey, KD, I'm coming to train with you this summer. And where can I buy an NOC hat? And uh, yep. says, I dropped the link NOC in the chat. Cool. It's uh, the NOC-where.myshopify.com. Mm -hmm. Hats will be restocked next week. Thanks to you guys. You bought them all. Oh, uh, nice, so nice. has to be re restocked. Yeah, you're still not getting one. Hey. <laughs> has to be restocked next week. And, um, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. Don't you have a hat? You never wore them. I though. never, I never got an NOC hat. It would be somewhere around here. I never got an NOC hat. Do you even, do you even wear it though? I do. I do wear hats when my when my haircut's getting kind of busted. All right, well, I, yeah, I had to I get do. you hooked. Up. I get you. I do. I do. Um, I'm not going to stress you about it though. I would rather you know the the folks out there get their NOC hats. So also, I'm not as bald as you. So what can I say? You know? Yeah, yeah, I got it, man. Woo. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, I'm just teasing you. Dealing with people like Mike, man. I'll tell you, <laughs> that phone call. I'm like, they're going to last. Yeah. But um, we will, um, the training uh, for the range, you know, uh, mm -hmm. St. Louis, uh, the last time I'm going to really be running heavy mm -hmm. is going to be uh, early May here in St. Louis. I'll be in South Carolina, Minnesota, and I think I'm going to be uh, working out something in Florida and Indiana. So okay. um, 
you know, just look on. But if you look at the same, the Shopify store, hit the link in my uh, my bio. It'll it show you. And on my Facebook, I'm sorry, Facebook page, I have my training mm -hmm. classes out there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I look forward to training with you, man. Absolutely. Um, and I encourage everybody. I, look, I'm going to kind of be self-serving here mm -hmm. um, just because I have to. But you think I go hard for civil rights, get on the range with me. Like, we go. I just don't put it online. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm not the best. I, like, I know my weak set, right? I'm not good with getting on camera mm -hmm. against what people believe training is mm -hmm. and making what I do look phenomenal. Because there are phenomenal visuals, and then there's phenomenal training. And somewhere in between, there's a good mix. Mm -hmm. But I just want to teach you how to stay alive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, come train with me. And I'll teach you how to stay alive. Yeah. Look at this whole um, this whole social media YouTube thing as a menu, right? You know, sometimes you go into a restaurant, you want something quick, you want an appetizer. Sometimes you want to have a nice sit-down meal. Sometimes you just want the dessert. It's a menu, you know, and, and we change all the time. That's the reason why there's a menu. Today you might feel like this. Today, uh, tomorrow you feel like something else. So we're not trying to I, – I, like I said, I'm, I think this is a good opportunity to have this conversation uh, here, mm -hmm. here with Michael, you know, um, I'd, I'd love to have you back on in the future, but we may not have the, you know, we may not touch on this again, obviously, right? We'll get into other things. So let me do this one last thing here. And then I'm actually going to switch over to some other stuff. So I'm going to take this question from, uh, Brian quick. Um, he says, however, if training is a determining factor, then why do we have untrained people successfully defending themselves? Because they got lucky. Yeah, luck is real. I mean, <laughs> luck is a real thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the answer to that. Luck. Yeah. Luck. Luck is a real thing. Yeah. And, and and some sometimes too, you know, sometimes bad guys present themselves in a situation mm -hmm. and they give you an enormous amount of time in the self-defense realm to react. Mm -hmm. You know, if you got five or six seconds to react to somebody, that's that's that's, a lot that's an eternity, mm -hmm. too, right? So yeah. um I have been around enough of these situations to know that even in the good shoots, like the guys that are trained up and trained up and trained up, luck still, you can call it blessings, luck, God, whatever you want to call it, it plays a part in it. But, yeah, you're going to have the outliers, and I'm not going to say, well, I really wish they would have lost that fight so we can prove to you that you can't win. Like, no, no, I'm glad they won, but also what's the skill level of your adversary too, right? Mm -hmm. What is your adversary trained to do? In Mike's situation, his adversary said, I got a gun and I'm going to start shooting at you. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm a known game member. I probably didn't. This ain't my first time doing this, mm -hmm. right? I'm coming at you. Mm -hmm. So if you take that untrained person, they probably would have lost that fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If the, and if that if that guy had some training, you'd be in real you'd be in real trouble. Because if and he I, actually you know, popped off shots and missed you, you know, he was just doing like what you see in movies or something. And that's that's a that's a great thing to bring up because I tell people all the time. What was that country that that sniper just went crazy? Uh, uh, was it Thailand? I think it was Thailand, right? Was it Thailand? And then remember we had here in the U.S. Uh, what was that about three years ago? We had the cop in California go crazy. The black cop kind of looked like LL Cool J. Was running around killing all the police officers. He was a former cop. And he pissed them off. Uh, was was that Dallas or was it? No, it was in California. California. It was a cop that actually did it in California. Yeah. Okay, Google I don't remember that. Yeah, someone will have to look that up and, and let us know about that. So one. when you, it happens. happens. It happens though. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah. So what happens when somebody with a skill set turns into the bad guy? Mm -hmm. Like seriously, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'll just use me an example. Mm -hmm. uh, take that untrained person, whoever uh, he was addressing or using as an example. Take that untrained person. And imagine if tomorrow I woke up and said, you know what? I'm a bad guy now. Mm -hmm. 
you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Real. You, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared to lay me out and make it home. Mm-hmm. And sitting on your couch watching YouTube videos of training videos are not going to prepare you for me. Absolutely. Now, the, and let's just add this to here. I'm not trying to cont- uh, uh, you know, counter what you're saying because I think you're 100% right. In, a, in the situation of what happened in Thailand where that guy, what, what did he kill? Like 27 people? He wounded like uh, 50 people or something like that? I don't know. even know exactly how he did yeah. I know he was like a sniper or something. I don't know, man. Um, what I do know hey, is this. If, if you put the odds of, let's say it was 25 people that were murdered and 50 people that were, that's 75 people. If half of those people would have had guns, if a quarter of, 10% of them would have had guns, even if they didn't have training, they would have been in a better position, luck-wise, <laughs> right, than those right. folks who had no access to them. So, and this is the reality. This is why ultimately we all here fight for the Second Amendment. We don't fight for everyone to be forced to train, right? This is not. We're not talking about a forced situation here. We're talking about you're a man. You're responsible for yourself. Uh, a long time ago, my father taught me uh, this thing. He he told me, listen. You could divide people into two categories, okay? The accidental and the deliberate. And he, and he told me, you have to ask yourself who you want to be. That accidental person is always depending on luck. So when good things happen to them, it's luck. When bad things happen, it's bad luck, okay? That deliberate person, that deliberate person, that's the successful person. The person who goes out there and studies, learns, trains, is deliberate about whatever it is they're doing. I'm not even just talking about training. Anything you do in life, if you're a YouTuber, you know, whatever it is you do in your life, right? If you're a sales guy, whatever. Would you rather be a lucky sales guy that just millionaires walk in there and buy everything you sell? Or would you rather train and practice to know who, who your customer is and how to better deliver to them and therefore sell them on things, you have to ask yourself if you want to be deliberate or lucky. Yeah, and another thing to consider too, training, although we're going to push it, and to your point, Hank, I don't mm-hmm. care what you do in life. You can train, train, train. You still might fail, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the analogy I use with that is um, you can take Delta and SEALs and recon, some of the best trained lethal warriors ever, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've trained with those dudes. Let me tell you, it's no joke. Those mm-hmm. boys are the real deal. And But yet they can go over to whatever Middle Eastern country and some 15-year-old kid with an AK, he's probably only shot in the air with no training, except for whatever the local militia put him through, mm-hmm. goes out there and kills one of them. Yeah, yeah. Or, and it happened, yeah. right? I mean, so, what happened to, wasn't it Chris Kyle that got killed by... Basically. Uh, well, Chris Cow got actually killed by a buddy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so all the training and whatever didn't prepare him for that. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, relitigate that thing. I'm just trying to yeah. say to you, there's, you know, ultimately, the, the, this is the force of nature, the universe that we're dealing with here, right? So, so anybody can, anybody can get got is what mm-hmm. we say, yeah. right? Yeah. Anybody can get got. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, a Navy SEAL would never be killed. A, a, a SAS dude would never be killed. CIA agents would never be killed. Mm-hmm. These are some of the finest trained warriors on earth. Secret Service would never be killed. The people they protect, like presidents, would never be killed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like so, there is always going to be the fact that you could lose the fight, but did you prepare for it? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to give yourself the best chance to survive it. Might you still lose? Yeah, man. It, yeah, 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 that could be. But make sure you're at least prepared. I'm not. If I'm gonna go out, you're gonna know you were in a fight, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wouldn't. I would much rather go out 
and knowing, well, not knowing, but uh, knowing up leading up until that, I've given it all I could give it. And if you just got me, you got me. But at least I was willing to stand up and be ready for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm taking one more and then we're switching over. One more. American Freedom Outdoors says, uh, what holster do you carry? Um, like I said, I carry, uh, I use a Harry's holster most of the time. I, I use leather holsters depending on what gun it is. So that comes from Andrew's Custom Leather. Shameless plug right there. Kevin Dixie, what kind of holsters do you carry? Um, I carry a, a multitude of brands because I like to see what's out there. Um, uh, but I always, I'm, I don't, I mean, I have a couple of leather holsters from good quality companies. Um I, you know, I like my products from a, a crossbreed. They make good stuff. Uh, my, most of my tactical stuff, um, I am running. Um, what do I have down there? I got some uh, some high speed gear. I run a lot of their stuff. Uh, Comtech. I have a few other things. Uh, Seventy seven Solutions out of here, out of St. Louis. All my custom rigs come from him. Um, and man, I, I run several. I'm, I'm always dipping and pulling and picking at holsters because I want to make sure they're the best. Uh, so several of them. Okay. But always. Either quality, quality, good quality leather, um, and or good Boltron or Kydex, and somebody that gives a damn about the quality of their product. Because I picked up holsters, Stealth Gear, I believe that was the name of the company. Mm -hmm. I bought it from a gun show mm -hmm. uh, like seven years ago for a Glock 19. Never even put the damn thing on. One day I needed a double mag pouch, right? Couldn't find my, my double mag pouches. Mm -hmm. So I, I look like, oh, I bought this like from the gun show like seven years ago. Double mag pouch, double stack, cool. Put it on my belt, walked out the house, got in my truck, got to my destination, got out my truck, my mags fell on the ground. Why? Because <laughs> the, the damn magazine holster broke and snapped in half. Wow. Right? So make sure you guys are buying good <laughs> yeah. quality stuff. There. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Michael? Uh, most of my stuff is, uh, I got a lot of NSR tactical holsters. That's kind of where I run on a lot of my range belts and things like that. Uh, T-Rex arms, um, I run some of their stuff. Um, I partnered with, uh, 77 Solutions. Um, uh, he makes great holsters. He made a few of mine too. I got a bunch from him too. Um, and if anybody needs it, uh, wants to, uh, get a pretty 15% off, you can use my discount code MJSF33. You can get 15% off. There go that. Oh, 77 Solutions. Oh, there that's it is. What, okay. Nice, nice. Oh, man. Shout out to What is uh, that newspaper? Um, what is that headline on? Well, that? this so this is just an example of what 77 can do. Uh, when I say custom rig, so this is a, a, a holster for the for the truth. Oh, okay, for uh, the truth. Okay. And this one is the wrapping of Tulsa, uh, Black Wall Street in Tulsa. This is the original newspaper that actually came out, and he wrapped the holster in a newspaper. Wow. Oh, you mean this is the actual newspaper? It was a actual this is the actual newspaper oh, from the incident. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you can literally sit, and so people, when people order the truth, if they order the holster from him, they can literally sit and read the story. Wow. On their holster. Wow. And the, and you've got a piece of history in your hands uh, when it comes to yep. that newspaper. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, but seventy-seven. Yeah, he does. He does great stuff. He really does. Okay, cool. Uh, let me, okay, this one's definitely the last one that I'm moving on because uh, we were talking about Richard from BWE, so we'll let him get a, you know, we're talking bad about him. We'll let him uh, get a question in here. He says, Kevin, how effective is training without having the threat of being killed when you are training? Um, I will not respond the same way if I'm facing a paper bad guy than if I'm facing a real killer. 
Um, so the, you know, I, I answered them in the chat, and here's oh, the okay. thing: uh, mm-hmm. we we've been we've been talking about that, and I say we. I know the and look, I'm a baby when it comes to the training world with only um, 20 years in it. There, guys, you mm-hmm. know, you take your Clint Smiths and you take these legends, mm-hmm. um, and that that's a conversation that goes around a lot, though. The best we can do is whatever tricks I will I will tear your brain up in my training. Mm-hmm. I flat out will. Um, but that's because that's the stress you're going to be under uh, when you get out into the, the real world. However, the best thing you can honestly do if you really want to uh, get the best prepared for the real world you can is force on force. Mm-hmm. Like a good force on force training, I know tactical response offers one. A good force on force training class uh, also um, – um, I'm trying to think of my buddy's name. Uh, not his name, but his training company, IDQS. But I'll, I'll share that in the link down here, too. But he actually runs a good one. You need to get some force-on-force, force, um, uh, Ty Fawcett. You need to get some force-on-force force training because that's going to be the best thing when you're actually getting punched in the face. When You, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll, I'll openly tell you guys. So I went out to DDI to do a TV show for Carbon TV a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that experience. And it was force-on-force. Force. It wasn't my first time in one of those classes, but it was my first time where they took me to a damn ghost town, mm-hmm. right, with all these different setups, and our opponents were legit Marine Recon and UFC fighters. Mm-hmm. Those were our opponents. And they kicked my ass mm-hmm. for three days, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm, I'm not lying. Now, I got to up on them a couple of times, right? But ultimately, I'm going against Marine Recon dudes, and it's like four of them, and then three professional UFC fighters, right? However, um, I do distinctly remember one particular part of the training is when we were running through this abandoned slaughterhouse and I had to rescue the damsel in distress that was at the back of the slaughterhouse. And I come out and I got this SIM gun, this Glock 17 SIM gun that did not work. But I come out. <laughs> uh, that's real training, man. That could actually happen. I know it it's a Glock, happen, but it could, right? it could happen to a Glock. So I get ambushed. These guys are, you know, kicking my ass. Um, they're, they're, they're giving me the business. Beat me up so bad that the, the organizer had to eventually say, okay, he's not going to stop fighting, so you're going to have to kill him, so just stop, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't, like, trying to hurt me, but at the same time, it was um, exhausting. So I finally get up, and I'm steadily running through me. My blood is pumping. Then all of a sudden, okay, and there were some Daniel Defense guys there, too, because they provided the guns. All of a sudden, all right, in this big-ass warehouse, I'm getting shot at. Didn't see that coming. So after I get attacked, now I got guys with AK-47s, of course, blanks, but out of nowhere, just shooting at me from behind, machinery in the whole nine yards. So I drop a couple of them, keep running. My heart is doing this. I mean, it's doing that as fast as possible. Um, I ran. I got my hoodie. So don't wear a hoodie if you ever run through a slaughterhouse, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. Uh, my hoodie flies up as I'm running so damn fast, catches me, and hangs my black ass from the damn, uh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> the damn thing. This, uh, finally, I ripped myself down. This should have been someone. Sh- this needs to be a movie. Dude, this was this, <laughs> this was needs an to experience. Be a movie. Uh, but Jim, the guy that owns the company, catches me when I get to cover. Mm-hmm. He catches me and he looks at me. He's like, "Hey, Kevin, look at me, look at me." And it took him like 30 seconds to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hand on my chest and is like, "You gotta stop. You gotta stop. You gotta stop." Right. And then my heart finally settled down. And mm-hmm. since I've been in real-world situations, I can tell you, that force-on-force class put me right back there. Mm-hmm. So the short answer is, do force-on-force training. You'll hate it because you're going to be tired, you're going to be beat up, but you'll love it because it will save your life. Yeah. It's the closest thing you can do. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'll say this. Was it like Mike Tyson said, Everyone's a, everyone has a plan until they get punched in you the face? Punched in the face, yeah. Um, and, then, and then I'll say this to, to Richard from BWE, who, uh, you know, he's my buddy. 
Um, but there's a lot of guys like Richard, uh, my, my friend Walter's like this too. They have a lot of freaking bravado, you know, because they're tough guys. And they are legitimately tough guys, right? You know, these mm-hmm. are guys that build stuff with their hands. You know, they're solid, all-American mofos. You know what? When you catch a bullet, a lot of that will disappear real fast in, 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 a, in a cloud of your own blood. So I know, I get it, the whole bravado, I'm a badass type of nonsense or whatever. But uh, reality hits pretty hard, man. Like, uh, you know, like Mike Tyson was saying. And I'm telling you something, if you, know, if you really believe that bravado is going to get you through everything. I know, I grew up in New York City. Bravado got me through a lot. It doesn't get you through everything, though. So oh, you might uh, uh, you might out, want to think about there. that. Get out there and, and take it real. And I look, man. I I don't I don't walk around like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't try to intimidate people. Uh, but one thing I do is constantly train. And you know what I, I the I told the story all over the, the airwaves that a guy that tried to murder my wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. The reason here's another thing that people don't realize about training. And I, this is the 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 and and I know we want to move on. But here's the thing I'll tell you. How many people do you think have a natural fear of lions? <laughs> Anyone who's sane. Right. You know, yeah. like naturally. Yeah. But how many people, what percentage of those people have actually ever really stood foot, like in the same room with no cage with a lion? Uh, you just know that that lion's a problem. Yeah. You're like, hey, that's not what I want to do. Now, you mm-hmm. get the extreme people that pet them and raise them and all that crap, mm-hmm. and sometimes they get killed too. Mm-hmm. But Ultimately, we know, hey, yo, lions, I'm not messing with a lion. Mm-hmm. Well, when you train, you become the lion. Yeah. You will be surprised how much somebody that is well trained up can thwart a situation just because the enemy sees you like, oh, damn, that's a lion. Mm-hmm. The reason why, even with my wife and kids, I didn't, fortunately, I didn't have to actually press the trigger is because the guy realized this is not a fight I want. I don't know what the hell he just did, why he's moving that way, why he's looking at me. I don't even know what kind of damn gun that is. But this is not a fight I want because the presence of force is too much. I'm not ready to deal with this. Even criminals want to live. The ones that don't, we don't call them criminals. We say they're suicidal. Mm-hmm. Right? So even your standard criminal wants to live. If you can be such a force through your training, I tell people, the more you train, the less you'll shoot. Yeah. Think about that. The more you train, the less you'll shoot. Either people are going to recognize you as the lion all right, and you won't need to, or you're gonna need less rounds because you're that damn good with the few you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's uh. You listen. You know what? Listen. When I first started doing this, I remember I thought like a lot of people do. Listen. You just have to have a lot of badass guns. That's all you need. Right. You know. I remember the first time one of my friends who um you know he he was in Iraq. He did a lot of combat missions. Um, and this is all. This is on video. If you go way back, I don't know if we had to remove it from Facebook. But there's a video I did, like we call mud torture test, and my friend made me put on like a, a vest with the steel plates in it just so he could laugh at me, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought my heart was gonna explode. I was like, dude, I would rather just take this thing off, you know. So and then he would do things like uh, that's my friend Yakyaz. He would force me to go prone, all of that kind of stuff, and I was like, what what, what is the deal? Why are we doing this? As time goes on, and I definitely don't do as much training as you, as you say, Kevin. I'd be the first person to admit that. You know, I'm not trying to say anything other than I could tell. I could look at people. There's a lot of people around me who think they're badasses and all that kind of stuff, and they can't go prone. Here's the thing. Some shit really actually starts happening in the real world, and you don't know how to get down flat. You know, 
If little things like that, that's just one element, one little thing. If you don't know how to do that, you are the same as those dudes we see in the movies or when we're looking at videos from Afghanistan or Iraq, someone with an AK and they're not even aiming and they're just popping off rounds, right? You're the same thing. Mm -hmm. All you have is bravado that you think is going to get you through stuff. You You don't even know why you want to do those kinds of things. So we all... We all need to do it. We all need to uh, think about it and uh, consider it. And, and you know, it's not I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anyone. I think it's just the reality. So, um, and then so here's BWE. Here's his here's his response. He says, "Hank, I've been shot twice. It doesn't hurt as much as people say." <laughs> okay, there's a lot of uh, uh, things, physicals and mentally, that hurt a lot more. Okay, well, so some people have been shot once and aren't here to talk about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, let's move on to this, right? Because there's some other stuff I want to talk about and probably, I think we got like a little bit over half an hour. So while I've, uh, got you guys here, have you guys been keeping up with, uh, this thing coming out of New York City with Mayor Bloomberg, um, in regards to stop and frisk? Do you, have you guys been keeping track of that? I got mm-hmm. Okay. You got a little bit of information. What about you, Kevin? No, I haven't. I, 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 I mean, I'm just... Loving everybody finally hearing the recording of his little mm-hmm. recording, his secret recording, but about Stockholm. No, educate me. What's up with him now? No, no, no. I so so I want to talk about this a little bit while I have you here, Kevin. Obviously, we got Mike here as well. Um, from what you've heard, what do you think about this? Uh, let me just, if, if folks out there haven't kept track with this, basically, Bloomberg's out there. He's running for president, right? Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, he's a Democrat this time. I think he ran New York City as a Republican. Let's just bear that in mind. Um, but, you know, I think that was just a function of switching parties so that he could, uh, you know, I think he found it easier to get into the Republican Party and become the mayor of New York City. He was actually the mayor three times because uh, he actually had the laws changed in New York City to do all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you guys this honestly. Right. So people on our side who are mad at Bloomberg because of this stop and frisk policy that he had, I personally believe it's unconstitutional. Not a fan of it. I grew up in New York City. Um, I can tell you guys that um, every mayor of New York City in the last 30 years, at least, if not more than that, believes in this same nonsense, okay, including Giuliani, right? So the Mm -hmm. same thing that we're hearing from Bloomberg, where he's basically saying, hey, you know what the problem is? It's the minorities, that's where we need to put the cops. We need to go get those minority kids, throw them up against the wall, frisk them, do this thing, do that thing. This is stuff that we've heard from people like Giuliani. There's folks out there who believe that same thing, that this is the problem, right? And in my personal opinion about this is it's very convenient. I think ultimately, I'm going to say this. I think we're all racist. Let's just be honest. We're talking about looking at the mirror. I think we're all racist in different levels and at different times. And there's lots of folks, including gun guys, that think that kind of stuff is okay. But today they might not think it's okay because they're not supporting Bloomberg. They don't want him to become president, etc. You know, and think about yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, looking at that and thinking that's okay, how does it feel when people flip that on you and use it against you saying, we got to take these guns away from these old white guys? 
you know, that are a problem. It's the same exact thing. You get mad about that and you feel like, hey, that's discrimination. You're, you know, why are you, why are you doing this to me? It's the same thing. It doesn't matter where it comes from. To me, it doesn't matter if it comes from Bloomberg. It doesn't matter if it comes from Giuliani. It doesn't matter if it comes from anyone. That's not what the Constitution, what the Second Amendment is about. And that's not how we fix the problems that we have. And I personally don't believe that the problems that we have are purely based on what people's race are. But I know there's gun guys out there that believe, hey, you know, these are the people that are the problem and this is what we have to do to them. So, I mean, that's that's like my kind of little soapbox that I want to get here. What do you guys think about this? Some of the same things you said. I, I just think I just feel like it's unconstitutional. I don't have a lot of information on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, of course, I'm not a fan of. Being, I've seen a. I can watch a pe- uh, person a few times to kind of get a feel for them. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's unfortunate, but it's 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 unconstitutional, and I think that it's only going to affect uh, my young people, my uh, minorities. I mean, black people, minorities in general, but mostly it really for my youth. People are 25 and younger. It's really going to affect you know us, and it's really going to it's, it's it's not good. In mm-hmm. York City, uh, I've been there, and I'm from Chicago, and it's a major city as well. And I know how uh, walking down the street, maybe with a hoodie on, and uh, I've been that guy. I'm from South Side of Chicago. I know how it is. I, you know, I walked down you know in the street plenty of times and been stopped by cops, and just because of how I looked and my age, and had maybe having a hoodie on or something like that. So. And, mm-hmm. They had their right just to stop and you frisk me because of that. I don't know how that would have ended up, and I, I think it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like everyone thinks that everyone who is carrying in a city like that. First, so let's let's first of all let's take New York City. Uh, it's basically um, you're supposed to have the right to defend yourself and be able to carry and all that, but they're a may issue, not a shall issue. So I think you have to be really well connected, very wealthy, or all those things in order to actually legally carry in New York City. And there's been lots of incidents of people, not, not just black people, of white people. Um, I remember, I'm trying, I can't remember the exact name right now, but I remember back in the 80s, a famous incident with a white guy that these black guys approached him in the subway in New York. They really wanted to rob him. They were asking him the time. The deal is that someone asks you the time, you look at your watch, they, they hit you in the face, rob you or something like that. And he defended himself. Uh, I remember it was, a, it was a white Jewish guy. I can't remember the exact name. Someone... Uh, will will hit me with that while we're talking about this. And he, according to New York, illegally had a firearm on him, and he defended himself. And I remember as a kid, I supported that guy, right? I didn't support the young black guys that were trying to rob him that he killed. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I, could, I could put myself in his shoes. That had happened to me in New York City, right? So as a young black guy living in New York City, I realized I needed to defend myself. And in order to do that in a place where they make it pretty much impossible for you to do that, where they take away your Second Amendment, you have to break the law in order to do it. So this whole idea of everyone who's out there in New York City, even if you're, if, if you're going to stop and frisk people just because of what they look like, because they look like this and they're armed doesn't make them a bad guy. Right. This could be someone trying to defend themselves and their family. Go ahead. Well, well I know Bloomberg, um, you know, I'm very familiar with the stop and frisk. And I know he, he um, recently has apologized, saying that it was a bad policy. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of pulled the same thing that um, the Clintons did, you know, saying that oh, it was a bad idea. Now looking back on things, you know, but one thing I, I don't respect is you can't pull back the violation of human rights. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really don't accept your apology because 
you were being informed that it was a violation when you were doing it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there is no like, oh, I really didn't know this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 this is what I think. I think that we all, to a degree, carry a prejudice inside of us. Um, not necessarily maybe be racist, but a prejudice. We all carry different prejudices. Mm-hmm. And what I will say about that is this. Because of the same media that we all blame to say, oh, media does this, 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 and this, right? Be careful of you being a victim of the same media. Because when you, you, you go back, you know, I don't know, let's just round it back to a decade when people are like, hey, you know, why do people of color constantly vote for people that go against their own best interest? And you will start having those conversations. And then when it comes to firearms and so many of these subsets, it's like, well, the violence is only in the hood. They're the ones that are out of control with the guns. You can't you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You can't on one hand say. I can't believe you guys are voting your freedom away. And then on the other hand, when I click on your Facebook pages, oh, those idiots, like, you know, they're they're the ones that are causing the problems. They're the reason why we're getting gun control, because the media is going to give you exactly what they want to give you. Um, And you can fall subject to the same media and your prejudices can be amplified. So what I like to tell people is this same way when it comes to dealing with um, with uh, cops and the two way. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's take Virginia as the last example. All the sanctuary counties highlighted all the cops that may be doing the wrong thing. So there was a meeting recently in Virginia where the, the cops put everybody out, the, uh, the meeting. The yeah, assembly, they kicked right? everyone out, yeah. Mm-hmm. They kicked everybody except, out. Except and, media. Except, and then when you yeah. take those those particular uh, state states, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. when you take them, everybody's like, look at those red coats, tyrannical, they're this, they're that, right? Everybody's up in arms, right? And, you know, they're like, and any other cop, and there are plenty of cops, and then you got the video circling around where the cop's like, I'm just doing my job, you know, and all those things, right? And people Mm -hmm. are expressing the way that they feel. And they want everybody to be behind the fact that these cops are doing the wrong thing. They are not upholding the Constitution. They are violating their red coats. They are not standing for true American values. Mm -hmm. But then when somebody from urban America says, yo, they've been pulling this crap on us. Yeah. <laughs> for forever. It, it, it sounds like, like no. hypocrisy, right? It's, it's not. No, it, it, no, what you're talking about is different than what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, tyranny is tyranny, bro. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where it comes from or who's doing it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that all cops are bad. Look, I, and people get shot. I'm like, dude, you know, do realize I spent 10 years at the PD, right? Mm-hmm. Most of my close friends are still out there doing this job. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sit and help out with several programs that back the blue. I have marched with cops down the street in areas where they've been shot as they gave their testimonies. I've donated money to the rehab work when cops have been hurt in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. I'm anything but anti-cop, mm-hmm. but I am very, very pro-justice, mm-hmm. right? And I don't give a damn who you are. You're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. So when people are saying, look at those cops, and then when people from over here be like, yeah, but we've been telling y'all that for a minute. But when it comes to your guns, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to all the other freedoms that you say the guns protect us from, it can't possibly be happening. Yeah. So people have to cast away their own prejudice to really get to what I like to call we the people, not them the government, but we're not going to get there if we keep our blinders on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think ultimately these things that we allow, it's like the conversation that uh, people have had about why did gun control laws start happening in America, right? Uh, sometime right. after slavery was abolished, gun control laws start coming into effect. A lot of people are okay with that. They're okay with it because they don't really think it's going to affect them. You know, and I think it's the same thing with this stop and frisk thing that we need to be we need to be serious about this or or ask ourselves where we're at with that, because you can't say it's okay to do this to these people 
And then later on, when someone uses that same tactic against you, like, oh, no, wait a second. You know, this is a violation. <laughs> How dare you do this? At the same time, <laughs> right. we cannot c just come down on Bloomberg because he's running against Trump, you know, because he said this and then not come down mm -hmm. on the other people out there who believe the same damn thing, who did well, the same you know damn what, thing. Sam, I, I put up a post. You know, one of the things everybody likes to bring up, which is very valid, because mm -hmm. I, 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 it's just very valid. It's the 1994 crime bill and all the things that, right, you had the assault weapons ban. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of uh, health care stuff wrapped up in that bill. Mm -hmm. You obviously had the incarceration rates. You obviously had your know, harsher penalties and all those different things that mm -hmm. are wrapped up in that. And a lot of people like to say, hey, and I'm, I'm bringing it up because of the Trump point. Hey, look at what Hillary did. Look at what the Democrats did. Look at what look at what they did to you guys. They took our guns. They put you in prison. Look, they're out to harm America totally. Cool. Big facts. Not arguing that, right? Mm -hmm. Bless you. You're correct. However, um, the, people started getting real mute when I said, did you guys realize that was a bipartisan effort and 49 Republicans voted for that bill? Mm -hmm. And then I put up an Instagram post and I listed out every single Republican that was on it and the state they're from. Mm -hmm. We can't have willful ignorance. This is a thing about freedom, not about political parties. Same way I would say Bloomberg is wrong for, for his things that affect freedom. It's the same way I call Trump out when he got wishy-washy on guns, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to join the, the Trump hate parade. I'm not about that. I'm not about all the political bash this party, bash that party. When you step on the toes of freedom, I'm at your neck. Mm -hmm. that, that's where I, when you start dealing with people's rights, their civil rights, their human rights, yeah. and their rights to protect themselves, you get my attention, mm -hmm. Republican or Democrat. But a lot of people like to keep that woeful ignorance and like, the crime bill and the Democrats. And I'm like, dude, did you realize that in that bill, to make it short, that what the Republicans basically said when it came to the black community as part of that bill, mm -hmm. what they basically said is, hey, you know what? Two-thirds of this funding, we think that y'all going to give back to community programs and welfare status. Democrats basically responded and said, yeah, dude, after we take all the fathers out of the household, we got to be able to sustain the communities. We got to give them something. They ain't just going to you know, go for this. We got we to gotta use the money to grease the wheels. The Republicans came back saying, look, check this out. You want the guns? We'll give you the guns. But you got to cut two-thirds of the funding because we don't believe that y'all should be giving them no money, even if you are taking. So you can lock them up. And you can take guns, but you need to give us two-thirds of that funding back so we can use it for other stuff. Mm -hmm. Bet, bet, cool. Then you got your bill. No. So don't come to me about one party or the other. That None of these parties... Now, you might find you might find individual politicians that still understand what this country is about, right? Even if you disagree with them about a policy, they really kind of still get what we're out here to do. Mm -hmm. However, this two-party crap and this, this, this uh, tribalism is going to get everybody in trouble because if you name a bill that affects everybody around this country, tell me you can't find both parties' fingerprints on it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right? 100%. That's the problem that we have, man, is the politicians. Yep. The politicians are the problem. I think that's, that's what uh, gets in the way. But we have, to we have to call it bad when it's bad. And that's the thing. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I also don't like Bloomberg, right? But I'm not going to join the pile on Bloomberg and forget the fact that Giuliani did the same thing. I'm not going to forget the fact that Trump himself has said the same things. He Now, he was not mayor or anything like that, but he believes the same thing. So this is the reason why when he posted up something saying that Bloomberg's racist, he wound up pulling it down. I don't think it's really about uh, uh, people being racist or anything like that. At the end of the day, it's unconstitutional to do that. We don't do that. And no one, no one in America, you can't say like, oh, yeah, I believe in the Constitution 
and, and then say you believe in that. That's not how this works, right? I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. You, you, yeah, go ahead. You, you have to be, and, I, and, I, and that's what I try to get people to see all the time. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's we the people over everything. Like, we got to get to that. It's we the people of everything. Mm-hmm. We can sit down as we the people and sit at the, the table and bicker and debate about whatever you want to bicker and debate about. I don't care where you come from, because guess what? I'm, as, long as, it, as long as we are trying to get to a resolution of a thing, I'm OK with the conversation. Uh, but what we we can't have is allowing the political overlords to keep us separate. We have to be able to sit down and say, hey, man, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't care if you're black, white, Chinese, whatever you are, male, female, gay, straight, whatever. When it when stuff gets bad, if it goes bad, we all we got. I'm, I, like immediately, like when I if it goes bad, my neighbor might be an old Jewish dude. But guess what? Old Jewish dude. You my homie right now because we got to figure this out. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when it goes bad, it's going to go bad. And we are all we got. Mm-hmm. The everyday red blooded American is all we got. We can bicker about race. We can bicker about finances. We can bicker about politics. We can bicker about health care. We can bicker and try to come to a resolution about all those different things in life, raising kids and the whole nine yards. But when it all boils down to it, when people talk about a boogaloo, or however you pronounce the thing, <laughs> when they talk about yeah. that, if that fantasy was to play out, who you got? You're going to have that person that you were arguing about whether they carry one in the chamber standing next to you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the black dude that you cut off in traffic and y'all start yelling racial slurs at. That's now going to be your ally. So we need to understand when it all goes bad, it is we the people against everything. And if we the people truly do take that mindset back from the government, because what people are doing now is saying, you know what, Hank? I disagree with you about thing ABC, right? And because I disagree with you about thing ABC politically, I'm then going to use my power to then amplify the political presence of this person that I support because I'm mad at you. And so I'm looking for anybody that believes in me and that's not going to contest me. And politicians love power. And they give you a clap and they say yes. And then all of a sudden you go out there and then you're sitting back at the, in the barbershop like, y'all see what happened? Oh, man, we got to grab our guns. Well, now all of a sudden we friends again, right? So people are allowing anything to distract them away from their brethren. If it boiled down to it, I'm not going to be able to call on Trump, Obama, or nobody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to call on Mike, mm-hmm. Hank, the dude outside, mm-hmm. the cat that I still can't believe, six feet tall, driving a Volkswagen. I'm all them. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, not sure. yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what that's going on. So we, yeah. we really got to get to the point to this. It's like, literally, man, we the people over everything. Yeah. Night Train um, says, <laughs> everyone remember how people in this country came together right after 9-11. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to forget, though, you know, for for lots of folks out there. Did you want to add something, Mike? Uh, kind of the same things. I, I really mm-hmm. I hate to get into politics and stuff like that. That's not really my thing. Uh, but I agree. I agree with, you know, a lot of things that both you guys are saying as far as and uh, as long as they're not, you know, coming after my freedoms, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I look at Democrats and Republicans. I don't consider myself neither. Uh, they're all controlled by the same people at the end of the day. As long as you're not coming after my freedoms, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a general thing to for uh, people around the country, no matter where you are, right? It's it's freedom and the and the and the right like specifically what we're talking about is gun guys is the right to defend yourself the right to protect yourself the Second Amendment and that's what you need so there's lots of so let's say like I live in rural America farm country and there's uh, predominantly white people those white people there you know that believe in that don't care what laws you make okay and if we talk about if we talk about an inner city somewhere. Right, where it's people of color, and they believe they have the right to defend themselves. They also don't care about what laws you make. They want to nope. defend themselves and their families. So when we're talking about these things, um, I agree. You know, we don't have to. You know, everyone's got their politics or whatever, religion, etc. Things that people feel, hey, th- these aren't things we want to touch on. But we need to to be straight about it. It's not okay for one person to to do this, and then we hate them because we don't like what you know what. Uh, you know, they have a D or R on the end of their thing, but then it's wrong for the, you know, then it's, it's, it's okay for that guy over there to do it because he's on my side. It's not okay. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, um, there's a, a comment now, Brian Quick says, it's never going to be we the people. Humans are naturally hierarchical and someone will always want power. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. True. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually a factual statement. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, though. If we the people controlled the people in power will be better off. Mm-hmm. Like if think about it like this. Just just take Trump for example. If everybody who put him in office after he made that those several anti-gun statements and bam bump stocks and all that, what if everybody universally said, you know what? You lied. You ain't voting for you again. Yeah. You think the next politician would have turned around and did the same thing? They're like, well, yeah. I'll tell you what, if nothing else, they mean that shit. Yeah, they'll get up on it. <laughs> he he get might up. get up on it. That's the, that's the thing that I say to do in these circumstances, right? We need to turn around to that guy and say, hey, wait a second. Now, you might think you can't do it, but, you know, maybe maybe one person going at him on Twitter about it or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. But if there's a million gun guys saying, hey, what's up with this? I think he's going to hear that message, right? Right. You know, and we we have to we have to get we have to just get to that. And I'm not a big fan of saying, and I'm not not coming down on Brown or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of saying because it's hard, let's not try. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, we we have to because I get maybe I I'm stuck in a man, but I woke up one day about two years ago realizing that you realize that we are the literally the leaders of the world. Our generation, we are the leaders of the world right now. You know, because it's if time goes by so fast, I remember waking up saying, "All oh, the adults will take care of that." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, I see. Where and you're now, going. yeah, I'm that adult. Like, and it, you blink, and you're the one in that position. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are we doing? And I think it all starts off small. And maybe it's maybe we will never get it to totally understand. It's we the people. But you know what? If I got four people tonight on this podcast to go, yes, you know what? We the people. That's a victory. Yeah, I would rather I would rather fight. I think it's the fight mentality that we were talking about. Right. I it's not about. Listen, I want to win. Everybody wants to win. I but I want to know before everything that I fought. That's the thing. You know, if I lose because I didn't even fight. Okay, that's a worse thing to me than fighting and then losing. You know, that's, I mean, I don't know. There's, you know, I think this is just a thing that we have going on in America now. Uh, We can blame it on whatever we want to. But a lot of people only want to take up fights that they're guaranteed to win. Am I wrong on that? Am I the only person that sees it that way? 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's just how it is naturally. It's, uh, for, well, not I say naturally, for a lot of people, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just, they don't, they don't, they don't have that, um, they, they, no, like you say, nobody wants to die, you yeah. know, and nobody yeah. wants to be in a situation where they uh, lose. I mean, at least I, that's how I feel, so. Yeah, everyone wants to back the winner. You know, people. No one wants to be that person out there saying, "Hey, things, something's wrong here. This is not right." You know, everyone wants to like. I guess it's it's like that high school kind of mentality that you don't want to be the person that stands out in high school that you're the weird guy, you know, saying what's going to happen. I just don't feel that way. I if I feel like, hey, this thing's happening. I need to be able to say that, even though I know. Trust me, what I've one of the things I've learned in life is especially when you're telling people something bad's going to happen and you're trying to warn them of that and then that thing actually happens. You see, you would think that people would then respect you or love you for that. What actually happens is they hate you because you told them about that thing and then you were right about it. But ultimately, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. What's right is right. You know, so um, let me see. We got some time here. Uh, what other things are what's what's on your what kind of stuff are you thinking about most right now, Mike? I mean, we got into like your past. What kind of stuff? You know, what's what's on your mind nowadays? Or uh, anything new? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're the you're the youth. Me and Kevin are the old dudes. Tell us yeah, what yeah. the what's the okay. youth thinking about, huh? Well, as far as the youth, um, I still. I still feel like uh, we still we we like you guys say you guys are still you guys are leaders right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the youth uh, we we have my generation really hard headed. Like me, if you if you can tell, just look at just uh, in this podcast here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't do a lot of talking. I, in this moment in my life, I like to listen more than I talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you got wise counsel, you got wise men in front of you, like KD and yourself. Hank, you know, you got to sometimes you just got to listen and, you know, uh, take notes and, you know, soak up stuff like a sponge. My uh, my people, man, my youth, we, we just we, right now we just seem to um, talk more and, you know, and, and not 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 really not really listen to um, our elders. And that's just a problem I have. I, that's something I want to change personally. I'm working on a lot of things myself. Uh, I'm starting a nonprofit organization uh, here in Chicago. Uh, to help inner city kids um, escape even gun violence and teach them about firearm safety, um, and that's something I picked up uh, watching Kevin Dixie. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying I'm just I'm just really straightforward mm-hmm. with it. You know, uh, I'm, uh, yourself too, Hank. I've been watching you since I was a freshman in high school. And, uh, <laughs> okay, you're gonna really? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I respect that. I respect that. Everything you know, you, uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, you and your wife do. Lola is amazing. She's you have a Thank great you. partner. Yeah, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. Your wife too. I've never met her in person, but I know you know she's dealing with choke crazy stuff. She got to be super too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, um, we got we got we got we have to stand up. Uh, my um, my generation, uh, we have to stand up. We have to do more. Uh, I feel like we, I feel like we, we we are great fighters though. I mean, we we are tough as nails. I do feel that, but. Uh, there's still a lot that needs to be learned uh, from us. So, um, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. I, uh, listen, I, I feel I feel good just uh, hearing you say it. You know what I mean? The yeah. the perspective that you have on it. I feel good about that. You know, I think when you're young, you you know, I guess maybe we're always uh, more dramatic and more pessimistic or something like that when we're younger. Um, hopefully, you get older and uh, you you get less dramatic. 
um, and, and, and more confident in the future. And you realize, like Kevin is saying, you come to this point of view where you start realizing, you know, you're Mr. So-and-so, right? Instead of little Johnny, <laughs> you know, you're Mr. So-and-so. And then you, t- you start taking responsibility for that. I think, you know, it's a good thing that you're here, man. I think that's the important thing. I know, Kevin, you always talk about this. We need to get people here to the table, you know, yes. thinking and talking about these things first. And then we take steps from there. Yep. Get them to the table. Can we show knives? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know we could. We can't, so, we can't, show, we can't hold guns while we're live, but if you guys have something on social media or whatever, I could roll it. I know it's only like 10 minutes left, but I do want to say this about Mike. You want to show, Mike is a, uh-huh. um, anybody out there, uh, which I know we're going to give our, our sign-offs and Instagram and stuff here in a few minutes, but make sure you go uh, support Mike when he gives his stuff. We have to we have to let a him know we appreciate him for even just being open and honest with his experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he is an ambassador to a group of people that we would never reach. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we have to make sure that we are showing him support because it's going to get heavy on him. Sometimes he's going to feel like quitting. He's going to be like, this is worthless. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah, let's right? do it now. I don't have my Lola. Where's my phone? Let's uh, what's what's your social media? What's your what social media you want? Yeah, I'm gonna start off with uh, Facebook is MJ's Firearms LLC. Okay. Uh, uh, my Instagram is MJ's Firearms 33. Hey, MJ, oh, hold on, man. You're dealing with a whole bunch of people over 40. You gotta go slow down, bro. Hold on. <laughs> so, MJ <laughs> Firearms on Facebook. Let yeah, hold on. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> hold on. What's LLC. Yeah, MJ oh, Firearms. And okay. I'm gonna roll this in while I'm doing it so people can find it. MJ's okay. with the apostrophe, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Firearms. Yep. And firearms, of course. Oh, I guess I put like two apostrophes in my thing. Okay. Yeah. Put one All right. I see you. it here, and I'm going to follow that. Um, and then you said your Insta. What's the Insta one? Hold on a second. Let's switch hey, from Stranger. Nobody look at uh, what I'm looking at on my Stranger Palooza Instagram. Don't worry about that. Don't tell Lola about that either. Okay. <laughs> MJ's. <laughs> M- uh, Instagram MJ- is all case MJ's firearms with an S. So MJS firearms with an S. Okay. Thirty three. Found it also there. Let me see. Am I fo- yeah? I'm following you. So and if you guys are on Instagram or Facebook, go there and like something that MJ threw up there uh, right now. As Kevin is saying, you know, let's try to support him and uh, and get yeah, more get more people back there following him. I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I figured oh, no, we should no, do man, this fine. early and let everyone get up on it, and then we'll remind them of the of that later. Oh, whoa! What the? Hey. What happened? What? I don't, mm. What? Okay. All right. None. What? You follow some, some some nice pages, bro. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, you're now seeing what what came through. I told you, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, this is not the Facebook. So, this is not the Facebook uh, profile. Right, so I want to give a, a yeah. special shout. I want to give a special shout out to Special K. So it takes me a while to get stuff, but I did get this. Oh, cool. So, man, although I, everybody's I getting one of these Bella songs. Yeah. So I got this thing, and he said it's an official Filipino fighting knife. Boom. Right. Yep. So, is that who, this which one of us? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was. That was the youth. That was the youth. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, so uh-huh. I want to I want to thank him for this. So I actually have. Here's the cool part. Um, mm-hmm. Pro knife thrower Jason. If you guys don't know who that is, mm-hmm. please follow Pro knife thrower on Instagram. He's okay. um, he's the guy that could draw a knife from concealment and throw it and land it in a target faster than Jerry 
could get a gun on target. Oh, shoot. I heard about this. Yeah, like the dude is legit. So he's actually going to be an instructor at Train to Learn. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and um, he, um, I'm going to show this to him and see if he can show me a couple of things. Uh, but I want to say, uh, really, man, salute. Thank you to, um, to Special Can you do the? Me. Can you do the whole flip out with that? Are you... Absolutely, I cannot. Oh, okay. So I'm going to do it slow. I'm scared of these damn things. Yeah, me, I'm gonna yeah take I can't do it either. Nice yeah. You got to get it. We were talk, see, we were talking about training, right, KD? You got to get a tra you got to get the trainer see, ballot I'm song. In, that's, that's why I have one of the best knife guys in the world coming to my event where he can teach mm -hmm. me stuff. Yeah. See? Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, we, before we go, Schwag, okay. uh, I know last time I was on here, people kept saying, hey, man, when is Proper going to come out with some stuff that looks like jeans? And I was like, I don't know. They need to hurry up. I was kind of not being really uh, Don't tell me they came out with jeans. Oh, my God. What? Here you go. Bye -bye. So these are the lithos. All right. Mm -hmm. They are not heavy denim, but they are definitely not what you're used to. Uh, but, yeah, these are the lithos. These are just now releasing. Um, so, yeah, but you get... Essentially, jeans. Oh, okay, so, now so it's it's got secret pockets. Um, you know what? So I've I've read the designs, obviously, but yeah, you got your you got a nice little P mag pocket there. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else you got here. You got some flexibility in them. Nice little stretch. I'm trying to keep them up on camera without. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're still and you're full screen right now. By the way, Special K says you're very welcome, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So um. As the tag says, heavy duty, heavy duty uh, comb cotton with a hint of stretch. That's where I'm getting the stretch okay. from. Uh, reinforced at stress points, so you're not going to blow out the crotch, basically. And it has a relaxed fit. And That's the one thing that I worry about the most, KD. I always want to make sure, you know, I don't blow out the crotch. Yeah, man, you don't want to blow out the yeah, crotch. Yeah. And can you imagine running on range and things just dangling? <laughs> that's not, that's not good. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely get the M4 uh, mag. You get good, solid stitching. Uh, you get some little extra reinforced stitching right in the knees. Uh, so, yeah, these are, I'm going to be wearing That's cool. What's the price point on that? Do you know? Um, I believe these are coming in right at about, right around 45 or 50 bucks. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. They're not, they're not um, horribly expensive at all. Um, but, yeah, so mm -hmm. they got them, and then they got them in a, a different color, too. So you get them in three different colors. Is there these blue? Are more the blue? Okay. Yeah, these are like blue jeans. These look just like blue oh, jeans. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah. try not to look tactical as much as possible. You know. Yeah. I mean, and these are going to be sleek, more like. So after I get through beating them up, um, you know. Yeah. Can we I'll get do, some stone washed? Can we bring stone wash back? Uh, you know what, man? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can't yeah. get stone wash well, back. Yeah. Uh, proper has jeans now, so go yeah. over to proper.com and get you some jeans. Yeah. Shout out to Proper, out there, supporters of Kevin Dixie. We appreciate that. You know. Uh, I'm gonna ha I'm gonna have to get up on some proper stuff, Katie. What's up, man? Dude, I, yeah. I told you before. Uh, hold on, what are you, you're supposed to you supposed to do something you ain't do. What are you supposed to do? Who me? No way. Yeah, you. Oh, there's a lot I of things I'm supposed. There's a lot of things I'm supposed to do that I didn't do. I, I what, got, you I mean in this podcast I'm supposed to do something? I forgot. Hey. Dude, we'll we'll have to. I got you something sent to you from proper. From proper. You probably need to go through all them boxes of stuff you get. Oh, okay. Something came to us from proper, Lola. It should have came like months ago. No, I, no, she said nothing came. She wants to know what the jeans are called. It's lithos, right? At proper. Lithos. Yeah. Lithos. L I T. Because I'm remedial. Let me read them again. Yeah. You need to get them to make the K D burl versions. Lithos. Burl. Okay, lithos, oh, Lola. Don't you worry. Me and Proper are working some things out. Oh, uh, uh. 
All right, we're okay. gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some good conversations okay. about stuff. Nice. And nice. if you want, if anybody wanted to see her, I'll pull them inside out so you can oh, see that okay. they hold do on. It. Let me go full screen. Hold on one sec. Okay, go ahead. All right, so you can see the reinforced stitching. Yeah. The the stitching the stitching looks good. Yeah. So yeah. I'll reinforce stuff even for your your pockets. It's reinforced and double stitch at the hem. So it's mm. it's 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 main shit. I'll be honest. This is my the first pair I'm getting to actually test. I've known about them, uh, but now I'm about to start testing them. But everything looks good. This is what I do. I sit at home and I go through stuff like yeah. this. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, Lola, I believe that Proper has like uh, some kind of affiliate program. So you know, listen, I, I am I am a hundred percent for getting up on affiliate programs. It helps to fund the revolution. Has to be funded, people. So. I know that well, you I know, know proper does have an affiliate thing. I'll do you one better. You, um, I'll do you one better, more personal, because we're just like what a month and a half away. Mm -hmm. I will make I will make a Hankimus Maximus personal introduction to the dude at proper at oh. NRA. How about that? Okay, cool. Uh, okay, NRA. You yeah. better come to NRA. <sighs> okay. See, here's the thing with the NRA. The NRA is happening the same time as the NAB show this year in Vegas. Ah. So I don't know. I might come out there for one day, one day only. Okay. Yeah, and the pants are fifty. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, I mean, to cut you off. The pants are. I'm looking at the website now. The pants are sixty bucks. Sixty. Okay. And when you compare them to other denim jeans on the market from tactical companies. Yeah. Oh, mine. And, mine that I'm wearing right now, I paid closer to two hundred bucks for. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I got these a long time ago. There were a lot of companies that weren't getting into doing denim or looking less tactical. Uh, back then, so you know, um, I, I I enjoy seeing that there's more companies doing it. I think Five uh, Eleven's doing stuff, um, you know. But it's good that Proper's doing it. I know you're uh, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff with Proper, so yeah. um, it's all. Today, send me an email talking about I can't wear my my other jeans anymore. Like, dude, you know what? Yeah. Like, yeah. What? You don't see were you wearing tactical jeans from a company before or now? No, I'm talking about like just regular jeans. Like oh. if I go to the store and they're like, oh. "Hey, those propers." Like, yeah. no, man, just, like, came out the store, dude. Like, now take them off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, okay, Lola. Oh, Lola already put up a link. By the way, Lola already has a link out there for anyone who wants to get up on the uh, the lithos. And if you go through that link, you help support us a little bit. A little bit of that, some change comes out of that. Comes back to uh, Hank Strange over here. You know, so. Uh, Steve Dave says he needs black denim. I thought that's what the, the first one you were showing was black denim. Uh, no, it's, it's it's a graphite. Oh, this is graphite. Then there's the blue, and then there's like a coyote color. Uh, I didn't see the solid black because you know first thing I'm on is like where's the black dude? Mm -hmm. I want the black, uh, but they don't have the black out yet. Oh. Um, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Don't worry about Are it. you? Do you? Do you have, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Coyote. Uh, now, like can you show in the camera? Do you actually have the coyote tan ones? I don't have those because I'm not the coyote dude. I know that's your thing. No, I should have. No, I like about coyote. That. coyote. Um, yeah, but the uh, coyote, it, it looks, it's literally coyote. That's mm -hmm. the color of it. Mm -hmm. uh, they call it something different, but I'm a dude. So I call, I got like seven colors in my brain. That's coyote or black. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you guys to smash the thumbs ups right now. We're going to go through this. We're going to let, I'm going to start with Kevin. I'm going to let Kevin tell you guys how you can support him, places to go, how you can uh, keep in touch with KD uh, in between the breaks here. When we don't see KD up on here, you guys uh, should be following him and keeping track of all his goings ons. So uh, tell, oh. tell the folks how they can do that, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. Um, so you can follow me on uh, all the social medias from YouTube throughout uh, everything. It's 
the real NOC on all your social medias. You can also look up Kevin Dixie, D as in dog, I X I E. Um, if you if you want to support, go on to grab merch at the Shopify store, uh, NOC uh, where.myshopify.com. You can also keep up on my social media pages. Training. I um, uh, People forget a lot that I'm a trainer, so training is p- picking up this year. Uh, we have um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, a, a suburb of up on the calendar this year. We also have uh, several teachers in South Carolina, obviously Missouri, working on Indiana and working on Florida. So, you guys, you see that training, hop into training because 100% of the uh, proceeds from my training go back to the work that I do. So, every time you do it, you're, like, you're, you're, you're helping out with two missions and two causes at the same time. Uh, so, sign up for the training. Um, uh, I should be down at, if you're going to the USCCA show in Kansas City, I should be there uh, giving a presentation this year. So uh, look forward to that. We're finalizing some uh, some things on that, so I should be down there. Um, also look for me to go to Gunathon in Virginia. So if you're in the Virginia area, in the Ashburn area, right outside of D.C., and, you know, Virginia, obviously, is a hotbed right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go up there with GOA and uh, do my thing. GOA invited me up, so I'm going to go up and do my thing. Um also, uh, I'll be at the NRA show in uh, Nashville, so you can catch me there. I'll also uh, be having a train and learn event Memorial Day weekend. If you are any business, Harry Holsters, Andrew Leather, all those type of guys or trainers, you need to look at the train and learn event. Trust me, it is professional development for our industry, and it is a benefit. So you really should look at it, and the cost is so low. And whether you're like a just an influencer that's only got four or five videos out, as long as you are trying, the event is for you. Writers, bloggers, podcasters, whole nine yards. It's for everybody. Um, and what else besides that? Uh, let's see. I think that is all the places I have to. Oh, Black Guns Matter. I'm going to be bringing Maj back in St. Louis. And we're going to kind of do a Black Guns Matter Aiming for the Truth collaboration March 22nd. Uh, so I'll be at USCCA March 20th and 21st. And then I'll be back in St. Louis March 22nd for that event. Um, so that's the other event that's coming up. And I think that's it. So, yeah, get out there, grab merch, sign up for training, show up to the events that I'm at. Uh, support the companies that support us, man. Buy from Proper uh, because they are supporting the mission of aiming for the truth. They are they are behind it. They are really about this We the People stuff. Um, uh, Canic USA, get guns from them. Um, and, and all the breakthrough cleans, support those guys. And uh, uh, Brown Ales, all these companies you see me speaking about, it's a reason why I'm talking about them, and it's not because I need free stuff from them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, on, the, on the subject of the pants, Brian Quick wants to know, does Proper make those pants in red? Uh, Richard Monder, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go through this real quick. Sorry, uh, Richard Monder says, do the pockets take Glock mags? <laughs> and Bricks wants to know Coyote uh, and like dark chocolate. <laughs> so uh. yeah, three colors, basically graphite, uh, Coyote uh-huh. in denim, your standard blue jean denim. Okay. Yes, the pocket can hold an M4 mag, so I'm sure it'll hold a Glock mag. Right, right. And no, they don't come in red. No. So there you go. All right. So, Mike, uh, once again, please reiterate to the folks out there how they can follow you, how they can support you, um, all the different ways people can communicate with you, etc. cetera. Sure you're done, Katie? No, nothing else you got to add? No. I know you oh, I know he's not done. Don't oh. encourage him to start oh, yeah, up again. I'm pretty sure I remember don't, something. Yeah, don't. I'll don't. Don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, For people who want to follow me, uh, again, Facebook, uh, MJ's Firearms LLC, uh, Instagram, MJ's Firearms 33. Um, I'll be a lot, I'll be uh, really heavily on YouTube this year. Uh, I plan on getting to that pretty, pretty heavily. Um, I'll be. Uh, if you want to purchase some merch, uh, merch from me, T-shirts, uh, I got patches and things like that, you can go on my website or e- any firearms, uh, mjsfirearms.com, no spaces. Um, also, new things uh, this year you can be expected from me. 
uh, follow me mostly on Instagram. Um, I'll be at Ingram, uh, USCCA. I'm an official partner with USCCA now. So uh, if you need any um, insurance, contact me. My email is mjspirearms at gmail.com. Um, Jesus, so much. I mean, uh, I'll be at USCCA, their convention. Uh, a lot of training, a lot of training. I can't even count. Uh, I'll be at a lot of KD stuff again. Uh, I'm alumni at his school, Tactical Response. I'll be at a bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Listen, I, I, you know, um, we're we're also um, doing stuff with USCCA. We've had them on. I'm not trying to force anything down anyone's throat. You guys might want to think about some of this stuff, especially with what we talked about today. I would definitely encourage you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of different questions and things like that that you have for folks on here. Not not just KD, but definitely reach out to him on those. But there's questions, comments, or support that you have that you could throw in Mike's direction um, at MJ's Firearms uh, is much appreciated by me and I'm sure Kevin Dixie yeah. as well as Michael. So please guys do that, um, you know, help out, share this video, let people know about this. Um, you know, hopefully things like that never happen to any of us. We live and, and, and leave this world without doing it, but you know, inevitably it's gonna happen to some people. So um, after, after everything goes down, then, you know, you got to deal with these things. So I'm going to ask everyone out there to uh, support Harry's Holsters that supports us as well as go to HankStrange.com. That's really the way right now. Uh, if you want to support us, go there, sign up for the email list that we have going. We'll keep you guys notified of all the different things that we're up to, ways that you could support us, uh, things that we're doing. We still haven't gotten back to Facebook page, so... I don't know. It's not looking very good with that. I'm still fighting it and all that. Maybe ultimately here would have to figure out a way to start up another one. But go to HankStrange.com. That's really the way to uh, keep in touch with us that no one else is going to get in the way of. I, I really want to thank Kevin Dixie for coming on here, as he always does, and shooting straight with us um, as well as Mike for coming on and telling us his story. Uh, what else do you guys want to add to that? Uh, no, no, man, I would just say, Hank, once again, man, I mean, and let's celebrate. I wasn't on, but you're over 500 episodes now, so, man, congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, we didn't, yeah, thank uh, you, appreciate that. You're, uh, you're definitely uh, a part of that, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, well, hot and heavy at the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, it's good to see you, man. That's, that's yeah. consistency and strength, man. I'm, I'm happy to see that. Yeah. Um, Mike, I would like to say, you know, thank you for taking the time out to come on and chat, man. I don't think you realize how much of an inspiration you are to a lot of people out there, not just in your age group either. It's not even about age at this point. But mm -hmm. um, I think not only your story, but the way you conduct yourself mm -hmm. uh, is a tall tale sign of exactly what more Americans should be. So I know that you move the needle with a lot of people. So no matter how hard it gets or when it feels like you want to give up, remember, you're not even just responsible for you and your family. You connected with hearts and minds and people that are going to wake up every day looking at you for a way to go through life. Take that responsibility, own it, and move forward, even when it gets hard. And of course, I'm, I'm a resource if you need it. Absolutely. Um, and everybody else that tunes in and supports the podcast, man, thank you all, even in discourse. I appreciate, appreciate you all for caring about your country and caring enough to at least come have the conversation and listen to the dialogue. Awesome. Thank you. Miss Kay says, uh, salute to all. Enjoyed the show. Go ahead, Mike. What do you got to say? I just want to tell, uh, thank you, Katie, for that, man. You know, you, you're a brother of mine. Uh, you definitely inspire me to keep going. And if you know me, you know I, I don't give up. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I appreciate you, uh, Hank, uh, even for allowing me to on um, the show. Um, Absolutely, I man. We'd love to see you come back, man. Definitely want to do it again. I appreciate your wife also, Lola. 
um, she's actually one of the ones that actually encouraged me to come on the show. I told her, and we got in contact, and she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate. Thank Lola. Oh, happy late birthday to her too, as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but again, and I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, and um, look forward to doing some more stuff with you guys in the future. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right, Kevin Dixie has blessed you guys. <laughs> with lots of stuff here. So you might want to rewind this one, look at it again. Thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate all you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. We're out of here. Final words. Katie, you, I'll, I'll let you get the final words, man. I know. I no, it. man. I just want to say bless bless everyone and your families. May you be good stewards of everything you've been uh, gifted with and given by God, including your inalienable, inalienable rights to own and protect your family with firearms and all the other privileges that God has extended to you. Be peaceful, be great people, love your neighbor, and press on and know that we the people will win one day. Amen. 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 We're out.